six-pack Lapidat. I just want to give a quick little preview before um, this episode starts. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody who's reposted all of those I am with hashtag posts I've been doing on King of the Lifts. Holy freaking smokes, the shares on this thing. Um, I post, and I mean, we've had thousands of shares in the last, like for all these posts, it's been crazy. Uh, the Fantasy League powerlifting we started wasn't sure. Wasn't sure what was going to happen. What do we expect? 20 people, 50 people. We got hundreds of people. Uh, absolutely bonkers, the support that we've been getting. So just want to say thank you. In today's show, we have the boys back. And we're talking about, obviously, U.S. Ronats right around the corner. In it, we talk about, in the powerlifting league, we give, you pick a winner and you give your confidence points. Um, how confident you are the your winner's going to win. And that's how the league works. But it ends up being, obviously, due to it, when you're lower confidence, you think there's a battle. And this is essentially us talking about the biggest battles um, that all of us are looking forward to at the U.S. Raw Nats. We go with a little deeper with some background stories and some of these people and get a little more intricate with some of the storylines uh, that are transpiring, as well as some updates. We say we're going to talk about bench only, run out of time, and we'll have to do that in another episode. Uh, but we're, I already got two more episodes booked, don't worry. So anyways, with no further ado, wherever you are watching this, please subscribe, give us high ratings, show us some love, throw it in your Instagram stories, much appreciated. From Six Pack Lapidat, let's get to it. I got the voice that time. Boys, I'm back. You did? You heard the voice? I got the consent. Passed through. <laughs> the boys are back, man. The boys are back in town. Um, fellas, we were just talking about how the fantasy league powerlifting that we started up is way bigger than we thought it was going to be. Uh, how many days out are we? Rough. 11, 12, 11 something like that. A week and a half or whatever. Closer to. Sugar man. We, we, this thing is, is, is blown up it, it. Now we're having that whole, um, this is the very first time we're doing this fantasy league and we're like, holy shit. Should we do this? Should we do that? Should we have added this? Should we've added that? Keep it simple for the first one. It's all easy peasy lemon squeezy. Um, and it's fun and you know, we're going to rock in there, but holy smokes, man. I didn't anticipate this many people going to jump in, but the, I've, I've seen a lot of times in the DMS and, and, uh, the comments that people are posting and, and tagging. They're like, finally, we got a powerlifting fantasy league. And I'm sure we weren't the first, but maybe the most, you know, things leave and come back. But, but I think people have been waiting for me. And some people were DMing me like, hey, man, there's actually a sport that I know about that's got a fantasy league. Because some people aren't into the mainstream sports. And, um, and all their buddies are like football leagues and hockey leagues and shit. And they're like, boom, there's a powerlifting league. And none of my friends in real life would ever jump in this. But there's a community. We got hundreds of people signed up. It's actually a, it's actually a pretty big league now, man. Like, it will be tough to make the top 100, which I never thought we would be saying. To make the top 100 in this league would be very difficult. You got to be, you got to be, get some things right. So hopefully... Um, yeah, man, we were the same before we started recording a couple bomb outs. Somebody misses weight and this whole thing gets turned on its ear and who knows who's going to emerge. Some kid will come out of nowhere and be like, yeah, I beat everybody. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, just need just need an upset here or there, and all of a sudden everyone's brackets are like, yeah, it's like the NCAA tournament, right? All of a sudden a 16 seed beats a one seed, and everyone's like, whoop, there goes my bracket, I'm there done, done there. So it's kind of the same deal here. Is you get that one upset, and then it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, man. We got like literally um, national team coaches in you guys. And, uh, and there's all the people like around the world that are, you know, whatever caliber handling and coaching, whatever scouting they do. So there's some, there's some for really real people in here who this is what they do. Um, and they're, and they're picking their teams and who they think is going to win in the scouting. And then, yeah, you can have some, some kid who goes to the gym, watches YouTube videos, follows King of List, checks out all the follows everybody. And he might emerge. She might emerge and beat everybody with just one or two upsets they see coming and other people don't see coming. I had um, actually Lane swung in my DMs like, my man, listen to the podcast. I think you guys might be surprised with Ray. You know, he's, he's like, I'm, he's on the Jesus hype train as well. But he's, he's just saying, um, Ray looks good. Ray, Ray, Ray could be back. Ray could, you know, um, in boxing, they have that term, every great fighter has one last great showing. That's why you got to be careful when you're going against like someone who's great. They have that one, they, they run back the clock. And um, we haven't seen Ray in like two years. And that's the one deciding factor. Can he run back the clock one more time? One last run. We all want to see it. That's for sure. So it- it's interesting with the uh, the form, you can see all the summaries. And so I was looking at it right now, and it's a pretty even split. Jesus is at 53% and Ray's at 46%. So some people believe. Oh, is that right? See, I got to see all these stats. We'll crunch. We, we're going to have to do a fuck, man. I feel like we're doing never-ending shows here. But we got to do another show and talk about the Fantasy League numbers and stats and crunch them and say, here's what the picks are by the people. Because now we have a lot of people. Like if it wasn't a lot, there's one thing to do a preview show with us. And by all means, I think we're credible. We've been in the game, like our collective years is quite from national team coaches to been in the game for over a decade, et cetera. Right. Um, And several world championships. We got it, but we're still only four people. We now have a sample with this fantasy league of like hundreds from conceivably all over the world. I don't know exactly, but I'm sure. That's freaking good little temperature of the room to see what people think. We should do it. It, it was, would be interesting to post the results and be like, here is a straight up poll in terms of people's confidence and who's going to win and how confident they are relative to the other champions. It's a good, it's a good measuring stick, man. It's interesting. It's good metrics to have that we previously never did. Not just for the fun of the fantasy league, but just for discussion points. Be like, I think we might be shocked with someone. Be like, holy shit, this person's not as heavy a favorite as we would have thought. I think that'll pop up a couple of times. Yeah. And then we see someone, you know, an upset, you know, person wins or something like that. And we're like, look at all these people that are wrong. What are you guys thinking? Yeah. Well, <laughs> unless it's us with the egg on the face. It, it, it wouldn't be a necessary an upset, but the one I was thinking when you say that bill is that uh, Ashton's at 83% and Bryce is at only at 14%. Fuck. <laughs> Dude, people are crazy. Here's the thing. I mean, I got Ashton. It's just, like it, well, when you look at 950.5 as a nine or 105, that is like ridiculous. If he could pull that off, I mean, what are we talking about here? He could conceivably win the 120, let, let alone the 105. Um, some years, you know, where um, 
who knows if he's going to post that up though. Like he hasn't, he's hit that once obviously and he hasn't hit it since. Maybe he can again. I'm sure he's got it in the tank at some point. It's just, it's not a sports go. So it is like, I don't but know. I believe man. didn't Bryce put up an, a nine forty in his test day that he did when he, when his meet got canceled. Was yeah. About around there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My so, goodness. Yeah. So it's like, like he could put up nine fifty, like yeah, put up nine fifty point five and lose. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, look at there's a reason. Can you imagine that? There's a reason. Yeah. Can you imagine needing nine hundred for the podium at and the one hundred fives? Ridiculous. Or nine hundred and get sixth place in the one hundred five. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Bryce. Right. Is... I mean, conceivably, right? There could be like six or seven guys that actually beat the world record total in the one hundred fives this year at nationals. It's crazy. Bryce crazy. Is... Is won the world championships and beat, he's beaten Ashton at U.S. Raw Nats before. He's done it before uh, against against Ashton, no less. Like the, it's it can happen. It's hard to, <laughs> to try to tell people it can't happen. And Bryce would be like, "Excuse me, I understand the man is strong and has all the potential in the world, but you can't tell me it can't happen. I've done it, but it's you know, can you do it that, again?" That, I believe Bryce's Bryce has never lost 105 nationals. I believe that's the, the case. When he bumped up from 93s, I think he won the first one when he Might bumped up. Right. But I could be wrong on the first, first one. First it was Blevins that he was a rival with. What was he? It was him, Eli, and Blevins kind of went back and forth. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to say I thought he lost because didn't he break the world record total at the Arnold one year and he was like a reserve for our team? But, but didn't he bump looks, up that year? That was the first year he bumped up. Looks like he came third in 2015 in the 105 Opens. Oh, because um, he dropped back down. Sorry. Bill's thinking when yep. he came back up, but uh, in his reincarnation as a 105, his most. I mean, he hasn't competed as a as a 93 since early 2015. Um, so, yep. uh, yeah, like he, he he came third in 105s once, and then it looks like he's gotcha. won every other every other time he's competed at okay, 105. Oh yeah, that was Scranton, right? That year. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then he did. He did eight twenty-seven point five there, and then he did eight sixty point five with Arnold. And so right. he was reserved on our nominations. He had the world record total. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, also, we should say uh, I was going to say this last time when we were pulling up. Um, Chandler Babb has competed outside of Michigan. Um, we had up the IPF version, but uh, I don't. I, in terms of, I still have her picked, but in terms of it, it, there's, there is something in terms of like um, performance, not just with that, like with that, we thought maybe she wouldn't have been in too many big meat performances, but um, she has. So for anyone who's picking in the fantasy league, take that, maybe they'll help sway you in certain ways, but there is some people that have it. And that is actually a factor um, where some people don't have the big game and they show up and putting it together consistently when it's raw nationals is different, but this raw nationals, is it going to feel different with the downs? There's nowhere near as many people there. Like in terms of when you show up in this nerves, we've seen big competitions. I've walked in at the IPF worlds before you walk in the stadium and I'm not even lifting bro. And I'm like, Holy shit. And this was what we were alluding to towards like we were off with Chandler, but um, you know, cause she's, she's actually traveled to Italy and um, there's something to, to do with, though, for people who wouldn't have, if you have to travel for the first time or if you're in a big meet, the fact that this is COVID times, pandemic times, U.S. Raw Nationals, do you think that's going to help maybe some upsets happen for some of these 
people that are slightly more inexperienced because they got people in DM saying, I don't know, you guys are going against this veteran. You guys are going against that veteran. This kid's inexperienced. And I'm thinking, this isn't the same raw national. That's going to be quite as overwhelming when you show up to that place. Right. What do you guys think? I mean, yes and no. Go ahead, go ahead, Roy. I mean, to an extent, that's why we sort of discount uh, totals done at local meets a little bit. Like we don't, like if someone's putting up over 900 at a local meet in the 105s, it's not like, oh yeah, that guy's not not any good at all. But like putting up 900 at a meet that's in your gym that you do with your buddies there with questionable refereeing, like, you know, who know, like who knows what the standard is like, like that's that's not the same as flying across a country or flying across a continent, much less flying across the world. Um, cutting in an unusual country, like, you know, maybe having to run up and down the stairs, trying to find a sauna at three o'clock in the morning, you know, shit like that, um, that you don't necessarily have to do when you're in, in your hometown or just like a couple of hours from home. Um, so like to an extent, I think, I think you might be right, but I don't, but it's not going to be the, you know, the difference between the person who's nominated eighth coming first and the person nominated, eight, you know, it's not, it's not going to be like that kind of difference. Um, but it might be the difference between someone go, who typically goes sort of seven or eight for nine in their hometown going sort of five or six for nine at nationals. Like that's, that's the sort of difference that I might anticipate it making. Sorry, Bill, what were you going to say? I'm going to say basically, you know, when you, when you go to a nationals, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have the, the bright lights and the scoreboards and the, you know, the replays on the board and all that stuff like they, they normally do. The crowd is not going to be big, I'm assuming. But when you have someone in the back warming up, because we're mixing all the weight classes together, Right, there's going to be someone warming up, and you're like, okay, well, a Ray's over there warming up. There's Dennis. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kaiko's over there. Oh, that's Bryce. And then I'm sharing a platform warming up with Ashton. Like, what the hell's going on right now? And all of a sudden, like, you know, there's these people that you've been watching and you know learning from on YouTube or you know Instagram, whatever it is. Like, they're all right there in the same warm-up room as you, about to go on the same platform as you. That's pretty intimidating for sure, for someone being there for the first time. It's not like you're just there with your weight class. Like, cool. I know that, you know, I have, you know, this person's there and then it's a bunch of other, you know, quote unquote, regular lifters with me. This is like the star studded, like almost like an all-star game kind of Arnold type thing where like, you know, we're packing everybody in the two platforms, you know, half the weight classes, one session, the other half, the next session. So there's going to be a lot of stars walking around that warm-up room and yeah it's definitely going to be intimidating i think we think arian well well i was thinking what, what bill was saying and uh some other thing connected with that is like it, it might be like a number of small things like what bill said the other thing with that is sometimes you know people would time their warm-ups differently and also the platforms kind of like you know time differently you know one might get to bench pressure for the other one so you also need to be a lifter or a coach that can like you know take control of the warm-up room if people are like, you know, jumping in or someone's like, Hey, can I come in real quick? I gotta go. I gotta take it down from four reds down to one red. I gotta get my first warm up in. You gotta be like, listen, we're here. We're in order. We're doing our warmups on time and I can't fall behind just for you. So you have to like, you know, be in control or this happened to high school nationals. Like people like aren't warmed up in time and they want to mess up your warm up so that they can get in. And then, then your met warmups messed up. So it's going to be like, you know, that kind of stuff. The other thing I noticed that now they have the flights up and the lot numbers up is that some people may not be used to different amounts of flights. So for example, for the 76s, it's only showing that that platform has one flight. So that means that session is going to go fast. The warming up is going to go fast with the 20 minute breaks. Anyone who's cutting down for the 76s like Danny may not have as much time to, you know, eat and drink again. So that might be a factor as well. Yeah, it's, it's, um, 
it depends on what kind of a, an athlete you are. There are some people like um, the UFC ran through the pandemic and they had no crowds for a little while. And some of the guys were like, and girls were like, I liked it. It was a little more, less stress, less anxiety. So you don't lose energy. You know, when you're stre- when you're too anxious and you get tired quicker, period, right? Um, but then some other people were like, you know what? I couldn't get up. Like I, you know, you get out there in a crowd and even when you're tired, you push through because you, so I, it depends if you're that person who goes onto that platform and there's like a thousand people in front of you and it's like a freaking rock concert and Gino's rumbling and he's getting the crowd going and they're chanting and you're like, he's pulling for the win. And you're like, Oh, I don't care how tired I am. We're rocking and rolling here. Mm-hmm. Like there are some people who come like that will affect both negatively and positively. Some people don't want that. You're freaking me out. Some people give me that the adrenaline's going because we've all been in certain moments and I felt it where you hit the platform. I've been at local, some people kill it at local meets. I've gone to local meets and nobody's pressing. You know, there's no one there that I got to worry about, but I'm like, I can't, I have no adrenaline going. This is like a, this feels like a gym. Like I'm doing a, like lifts at a gym. I can't get up right now. Um, I think there's uh, pills and nasal sprays for that now, right? right? And, this, and, and this is a good segue to our newest sponsor, Blue Chew. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, no, but in terms of like this, do you think this could be a factor for some of these lifters? Some of these grizzly veterans or some of these new people, for some new people, they'll be like, oh, this isn't as scary as I thought it might be. Because you, I know as veterans, sometimes you forget. But I will never forget the first nationals, the first worlds and what it felt like like when you had to fly into something, walking into the venue and being like, holy shit, there's a lot of people here. Oh man, there's a lot. There's still that, like Bill said, where you're going to walk through the halls and bump into people you only saw on Instagram. That's still there. It's toned down a little though. I, we'll see. But this could be, for some people who are saying, you know, I think this guy's young and inexperienced. I think this girl's young and inexperienced. And there's a few of those. It, that we know that are semi-new names into a few of these different weight classes. And we've talked about in our preview shows. Um, and maybe it's not as big a deal without the crowds and whatnot. Maybe it's a softer landing. As far as the, the other extreme of like not having enough people there, at least the people who've competed in the last year have practiced. Like Austin did his 800 kilo total at local meet. Uh, Taylor did his 812 at a local meet. I think Amanda Martin's meet, they had zero spectators in the building. It was literally just a lifting and they just live streamed it. So mm. those people have practice, they're ready for it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and it might be a good showing of uh, who's been, who's been practicing their mental game and, and who hasn't like, who can, who can bring that, whatever it is that they need to bring intrinsically and who's relying on, on the sort of external stimuli to, to achieve that. Yeah. We'll see. we got some battles. We'll see. Should we get into our uh, our confidence points, or do you guys want to do a quick highlights of um, the bench only? I got a couple of people I want to talk about in the bench only, and uh, what do you got there? We could we can knock out our picks, I guess, real quick for best lifter, and then the combined men and women confidence, and then we can go into the other events. Men and women. I think okay. the best lifter is pretty easy. Oh 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 oh! All right, well then you go first, Playboy. Let's do let's do the women's first. You have a top three or you just have one? I just had one. Oh, okay. shit. I think a top three might not be a bad idea, though. Just to kind of give an idea of like if, if you know, yeah, but well, go ahead. Well, I'll throw, out my, I'll throw out my number one, Amanda Lawrence. And then, Bill, if you want to go into a top three, go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, basically, I, I think Amanda, I think um, 
is the obvious choice there um, with that huge toll she put up. I mean, she obviously she won best lifter at uh, Raw Worlds or Classic Worlds in 2019 in Sweden. So, I mean, I think that, you know, she's the obvious choice there. I think Heather Connor um, will most likely be the second place. And then third place is going to be tough, I think. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Danny Mello for that one. The third place there. And this is the good of points. I don't. Ha- I didn't pull up the calculator to start punching in for top three. Um, but um, obviously, Mello as an eighty-four was right up there. It depends on how she shows up. That's the thing when when it comes to Mello. It's it's a big question mark now. We have no idea with seventy-six kilo Daniela how she performs, where her totals at, right. um, how she's going to feel if she's like, you know what, I'm just going to go for the win, not doing anything too crazy. Um, what would what would be someone else for third? I've got. I guess my, my top three would actually be the same as Bill's. But if I wanted to throw out like a couple of honourable mentions for people who I think could be in the mix, I would say that uh, Bonita Brown would probably be be right up there as well, um, and probably not far behind would be um, Sam Calhoun. That would be my my sort of. I would say fourth and fifth, but like they could they could quite easily be in the mix for for sort of sort of second and third or, or even first, depending on on how other people show up as well. I was going to say, I pulled up open IPF and Bonica 675 from 2018 is the fourth highest for the USAPL women. Sam Calhoun's 510 is the fifth highest. Uh, Meg Scanlon's 471 is uh, eighth highest. So, and um, Marissa's 430 is 10th. So yeah, depending on, you know, who wins those weight classes and how much more they bump up total, they can be up in there. I think I would take Bonica Brown for third because it, like, I know exactly what um, Bill's thinking. Mello, historically speaking, uh, but the, the Brown's not changing weight classes. And I think she's going to be more in line with what we've seen previously. Mello, I just, I'm not sure. I got her pegged to win, um, but I think I'll go Lawrence Brown, Mello, one, two, three. Um, Calhoun's no phenomenal. Con- Sorry. No, Heather no Connor. Oh, sorry. No, excuse me. Pardon me. Thank you. I think I'll go Lawrence Connor Brown. Um, and it edges out mellow and knocks mellow off with my top three. Thank you, sir. Holy sugar. Um, yeah. Um, but I think, uh, because with the formula, I believe I've heard, and we don't, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with the formula yet, but, um, it's difficult for 57, 63, et cetera, to, to nudge ahead, um, to get the best lifter and cinch that up. But we'll see yeah, when the world rolls around. It's based a little bit on, on how many people are already in the weight class. And so weight classes that have, have a lot of people, you have more people who are sort of many standard deviations um, from, from the men. And so that sort of sort of punishes you a little bit. Um, so, so it is a little bit more generous to people at the extremes than um, some of the other iterations of, of points that we've seen in the past. Um, I think the tricky thing with Heather Connor is how light is she going to come in, right? Like, what is she usually coming at? Like 44, 45 kilos in the 47 kilo class? If she accidentally comes in at 47, like that would really punish her points. But then if she accidentally comes in at 42, like she could be at like 122, 123, something <laughs> like that. And just like obliterate <laughs> everyone, right? Like, and her body weight is always low, but but like it varies exactly how low. So, you know. Yeah, it's, she's usually around 100 pounds or slightly under. I wonder if she could water cut and get like just for the shits and giggles of this. If she doesn't you reckon water cut to get best overall, like 
you know, walking around 45 kilos, about 100 pounds, water cut coming at 42 kilos, you know, 90, know. 96 pounds, something like that. If and she's uh, tell- cinch best overall. If she's telling herself. Maybe I it's think- Sheffield. Maybe Sheffield. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it depends on whatever, what, what her competition is, what her motivation is. If she feels like, if she feels very threatened at 47, um, she might not. We don't know what Lee is going to necessarily bring. She looks phenomenal right now in training. Um, so maybe, maybe, you know, if Leah's is really establishing herself as a 47 and she's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that in the future. It depends on how she felt going in there. It would have to be at something like, like a Sheffield or like some sort of like Arnold or something like that, where it's basically like money on the line. And like, it's a points competition more than like a, uh, weight class competition you wouldn't yeah i wouldn't know. do it for something like nationals right like yeah, nationals right. surely searching the national title is is yeah. the key and you anything would, else is a bonus but would would shedding three pounds of water put your national title i thought i don't think three pounds of water would do anything i think it would just bump up your points a little bit but if you screw it up if, if you screw it up three pounds it's not just about the total amount though right like Right, three pounds is like almost four percent of her body weight. Well, yeah, you're like, right. you, can, you can do an easy, easy four percent, and you can do a hard four percent, depending on like how badly you fuck it up. And if she, if to get four percent, she ends up having to sit in a bath for three hours before she weighs in. <laughs> like that is gonna suck. And like, well, and and you know that might hurt her total and end up hurting her points overall, rather than rather than than helping her. She probably won't lose the national title because she's so far ahead of like the second, well, third place. There's my, but, there's you know. my, there's what. So this is this would be the caveat I would say. You would go in there saying water load, deload. You're not doing a tub because you don't need to. You're not doing it to make weight. If it's good, cool. And because you're because you're a decent chunk ahead, that's why you're doing it. And that's the only way. I'm only saying this because I've cut so many freaking times. It's not a big deal. I don't even, I'm not worried at all. Like I've cut a lot more than that. So I'm not too worried, but fuck it. Uh, if you haven't done it before, don't do it for the first time in nationals. If you don't need to, if she has previously messed around with it and she's like, I could do three pounds in my sleep. Fine. But if she hasn't, all right, fuck it. Just win. Go to worlds. I got it guys. I got it. I'm a gambler, baby. I'm a gambler. Rory, who'd you pick for your third place? Mellow, uh, right? What did I just say? I think I said mellow. You um, said the same as bill. Like you always do. And then, <laughs> And then yeah, but normally I call it first. So, and then you know. Ryan picked uh, Bonica for his third. I got Brown yeah. for third. All oh. right, to be, to be just to be different on the third place, I'll go Sam Calhoun. All right, all right, all oh, right, okay. all right. Okay. Look at Slam and Sammy can she, she's she's looking good in training. She's not posting as much, staying a little low key, but I got a feeling. Um, and she's in a competitive class. You know, Milliken, she's got like a, you know, she's got, she's got a tough class. So if she gets pushed, then you got to put the pedal to the floor a little more and you feel the pressure. And sometimes it brings out the most in you. Yeah. Maybe if she, yeah, if, 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 yeah, if she was going balls to the wall, I think it'd be a different story possibly, but I mean, I could see it where it's, you know, deadlift for the win at the end and her total ends up being, you know, half a kilo more than the, the second place kind of thing. Right. If, if it's that case, we're, yeah, uh, we'll have to see how it shakes up all fair enough. Um, let's talk about the fellas then. Mm. Who wants to go first? Mm. How about you? How about you, Rory? Let let's let you go first because um, then maybe you can get yours out before Bill. You're muted, just to let you know. Yeah, if you're talking, <laughs> probably a good thing you muted that. That, that might not oh, be appropriate yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for a recording. Okay, um, so I'm looking at looking at Open IPF, and I can see that uh, Ashton Ruska's uh, nine fifty point five is the 
other than Jesse Norris, is, is the highest highest IPF points of or good luck points of people who are actually competing at this meet um, from the men. However, for my first, I am actually going to pick uh, Taylor Atwood um, for my for my first overall men. Um, and the reason that I'm picking Atwood over Riska, even though historically uh, Ashton's good luck points have been higher, is that I think that Atwood is much better at putting it together on in high pressure meets. Um, and not that this, not only I'm saying that this is going to be super high pressure, um, because like we were talking about before, like there's there's not really going to be a crowd, or if there is a crowd, it's going to be much less than usual. Um, but but this is sort of an environment that I anticipate Taylor being very comfortable in, and I actually anticipate him putting up a pretty big PR total. Um, so like that was that was. Uh, so he got uh, 119.44 good lift points based off his 812 total. And I'm expecting him to put up something sort of in the 820s or 830s for this. And so I'm expecting him to come in a little bit higher than a, than a 119. I'm expecting him to come in like a 121, 122, something like that. And so I'm saying Atwood first on good lift points. And then it gets really tight. Um, and I'm tossing up between Ruska and Perkins for second. And I actually think it would be really great for Atwood to get first overall and then have Perkins come second overall um, because I actually expect Perkins to put up a very big total as well. Um, oh, yeah. Something, something in the low eight hundreds. Um, and so with, with the 800 that he did hit not too long ago, he put up 118.53. And so if he puts up something around about sort of eight, eight, 10, that's, pu- that's pushing him into like the one nineteen and a half and a ish. Um, and I, and I think that that is probably a pretty good showing. Um, and then I'm going to say say Ruska for third with an honourable mention to uh, Kaiko for um, sort of being in the mix, but but I, I think probably sort of fourth, fifth rather than first, second, third. What do you think, Wild Bill? Um, yeah, I think Atwood um, is going to be the, the the first place guy here. He'll take home best lifter. Um, I'm kind of thinking the same thing as Rory, but. I'm going Michael C as second place for best lifter. Um, since I think Michael will be second place in the 83s. So I think he'll be, you know, a little bit over 800 and have that, you know, 118, 119 points somewhere in that range. And then I'm struggling here. Cause I mean, Ashton obviously comes in light and I have Bryce winning. I think Ashton's going to outpoints Bryce. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm, I mean- ju- I'm just trying to think of how big of a jump Ashton's going to take on his last deadlift like how much is he going to leave on the table kind of thing if he misses and is yeah right so that's what's kind of that has me going there um but I'm going to take Ashton for third place best lifter even though he finishes second place so I'm going to have Atwood and first actually winning the competition and then two second place finishers getting second and third for best lifter and how tight are some of these classes when that happens. And we've had that at like Canadian nationals where somebody wins another person below them frat is so tight. Like you win on body weight, but the other person had a lighter body weight. So then, or sorry, you won, but the other person had a later body weight. So, um, and you're won by like two and a half kilos. So then they have like a higher Wilkes and it becomes like, Holy smokes. And then, so you, you win your class. The other person wins best lifter. And it's like, I don't know what's better win my class or win best lifter of the entire nationals. Like it, how freaking crazy is that? You know, when things like that happen. Um, but it, things like that do happen. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's 
the numbers. I mean, I can tell you which one is better. The one I, that's I better is the one that gets you a ticket to Worlds. So <laughs> if yeah, okay, yeah. but like only because of the opportunity. But just looking at that competition, what's more impressive to you? Being the best lifter of the entire nationals, or the or being a national champion? Okay, so let me being ask you this. Champion. So let's go. Let's go with this, right? You have to deadlift two and a half kilos more for best lifter, or seven and a half kilos more to win the national championship. Which one do you choose, right? Seven and a half. Yeah. Or, or, or Ryan, you, you go to like your family Christmas party and you tell them like, "Hey, I won best lifter of the national championship," and like, "Oh yeah, you won nationals. You're going to worlds." Like, nah, I got second place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually putting this down. I'm gonna put this into a. a, a poll for a king of lifts and see what it, people think. It, Look, it's if, like, if I'm being honest, I looking at it, the bigger picture, if I am best lifter because I'm a fraction less body weight than you, but you are a stronger human being. Yeah. I don't feel better about it because I weighed in. I put a, but isn't like, the best oh, lifter, the stronger human being. Like that's the whole point, right? Of the points. So, but, but well, we just said though, Bill. We you just said. Um, the sport of powerlifting is who gets the highest total in the weight class. But like that, the points are uh, just so that we can play stupid games, right? Yeah, sort of. That, that's yeah. why. That's why yeah. I, I like doing True. a. It is a I formula. Like, that's why I like doing a champion of champions award, not a best lifter award, which means among the people who won their weight class, yeah, yeah. who has the most points, who's the champion across all those champions. I do then, like that too. Don't they do that though in some competitions as a champion of champions? Yeah, Aaron, I mean, no. I do it for my local meets. <laughs> you have to be a champion to do it. I remember, I, I remember having an award that said, it didn't say best lifter, it said champion of champions on it. And I was like that. A, I thought that was a way cooler title than best lifter champion. I'm champion of champions. But then I never even put it together that did that mean if you got second place, even if you were lighter weight, whatever the shit, you were not involved. The, the, the only the only thing in the IPF close to champion champions would be world games because you know they combine weight classes and then you have to win your win across that as far as points. And and maybe when you know when Sheffield happens, it's like among all the champions that get to go to Sheffield, you had the highest points. Um, and while it is a team sport versus an individual sport, it'd be like in the NFL, you might have the, have the highest quarterback rating, but if you don't win the Super Bowl, who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So um, you guys changed my mind, by the way. I, yeah, I would rather be, I'd rather win than that. Yeah. I, I was looking in open IPF right now and doing the IPF points calculator and I'm very similar to Rory and that it's going to be very close to the top. And when Ashley, you don't know, does he weigh in 98? Does he weigh in 99? The last meet, he was 100.7. So who knows? So I went with Taylor Atwood as number one. And I think it'll be very close. Like him at 122 points. I put Austin Perkins at two. He'll be like, you know, 121 or 120 points. And then I put Ashton at three. He'll be like 120, 119 points. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, uh, you guys are making valid arguments. I I was thinking actually it was gonna go. So we're all on on the same page with Taylor. By the way, I also think Taylor he is the big game performer. Um, there's a reason why he's got so many national titles and uh, looks as dominant as he is. And and uh, the guy doesn't miss when it, when the heat is on. So if you're gonna pick, he's an easy pick. And um, so I think he's gonna get number one. The big one was Perkins and Ashton and Perkins. They're both freaking phenoms. You know, 
Ashton on any given day, my God, he he's, you know, 950.5. What can I say? If he can move from there, because that was last year. If he's improved on that 10 to 15 kilo, which by all means should be within the reason, what are we talking about here? But you're not sure what you're going to get. Uh, whereas Perkins, man, holy smokes. He's, he's 22 years old. He was 21. He had a 800 kilo total. So this is where I was stuck. I think I'm going to lean towards Ashton, then Perkins. Um, because I think Ashton's going to rise to the occasion. I have him winning. And I do think he's going to pull off one of his big performances where he either hits 950. You know, this is what I'm thinking from, from uh, however, it's super tight because Perkins is right up in there. And it's tough that Perkins is going to be top three in every single, of all the, everyone in all the divisions. And he's going to come in second in his weight class. And it's, this is what we think he could win, you know? Um, and it's only because the only reason why is because like you have a guy like Taylor Atwood, who might be the best power lifter pound for pound in the world that he's going up against. And he's in his prime. Um, that's tough, but look at, I don't want to, I don't even want to play down Perkins chances here. The kid's phenomenal. Uh, so I think we're all on the same page here. That's why I'm super interested in that one. Here's the interesting. I mean, you guys obviously think um, Austin's going to pop second there. So he's actually competing also in the equipped two days later, equipped nationals. So does that mean he comes in lighter? Has he been walking around lighter now for, you know, so he can actually make weight to, you know, two out of the next three days kind of thing. Hmm. That's just an interesting thing I just thought of. So, I mean, who knows on that one? Cutting twice. Do you think that changes his game plan at all? Like, do you think he goes conservative on, on well, the no, his, his, his equipped, I mean, his, his raw total will win the equipped by like a hundred kilos or something like that. So, yeah. So there's, there's like zero competition there. Um, unless someone popped in there last minute that I haven't noticed, but um, so he just has to make weight and he's winning the equipped um, nationals. That's so I mean, he's wait, don't bomb. Yeah. Then I think that's what he's doing is, um, I think he'll just recut again. If he, I don't think he cuts a lot. It's been a while. I had him on the podcast after he did the 800. I can't remember exactly who said his body weight was, but it's not. It's not seven two point seven. Yeah, but what he weighed? What he weighed his last meet, Bill? I mean, he was seven two point seven at that meet. He did no, the 800. But, at, but at, at Collegiate Nationals, he went oh, right, right, right. seventy four point one, so he could probably score points for the team. So yeah, like he, was, you know, he weighed in as an 80. Yeah. So he basically, he was already at weight and just. So he's very close and knows how to manipulate his weight just to be 83 or just to be yeah, 74. Perfect. Yeah. Now, now as a little added bonus, uh, what do you guys think? I know it's not meant to be compared. Who is going to have more points, Amanda Lawrence or Taylor Atwood? I don't even. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. reckon Amanda Lawrence, um, but not by a lot. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm saying Amanda Lawrence 123, one low 124s, and Atwood like 122. That's that's my call. I I wouldn't. I didn't even think about that. Probably you're right. Um, I'll take Atwood. Is that right? Yeah. You got to keep in mind though. Here's the one thing though, Bill. There's winning for Atwood, but he doesn't want to overshoot because I don't think he's unless you think he's got it won by a second dead and he can yeah. like okay well right. well or the other uh, the other option could be is that austin austin's pushing so much that taylor has to go for a big pull versus for amanda 
You know, she what may you not mean, have any comp- Michael C. Michael C. Or, or Michael. Company. They're all pu- <laughs> they're all pushing so hard that Taylor can't go conservative. But for Amanda, maybe no one's pushing her, so she can just go conservative and you know just make lifts and just take the win. Or she can also you know shoot big because she has no one. So it depends on what their strategy is. But unfortunately, I have to go the same as Rory. I think Amanda will push like you know just for some PRs and be light enough where she'll get yeah something like one twenty three to one twenty five and 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 beat out Taylor. What are you saying, Bill? Yeah. I think Amanda as well. Yeah, I'm saying Atwood. I mean, I'm, I mean Taylor is going to go eight for nine, nine for nine, almost guaranteed. Like every meet, Amanda's put two great meets together with her last World Championship, um, and then well, then she had Nationals after that. But Worlds and then her last meet she just did. You know, she really had really really good meets. But historically at Nationals, she doesn't make a ton of lifts. I mean, she'll go six for nine, seven for nine kind of thing. Um, but if she puts it together, then she's definitely probably going to beat Taylor for, for best overall lifter. But I think Taylor will go nine for nine, be perfect, and take the champion of champions home. Champion of champions. Um, all right, fellas, look at I got to get another cocktail. You need a drink, Ari? You look thirsty. You look parched. I mean, we, we're, we're water loading with Rory, so we have to. Fucking water load, bro. We're bros. We got to go through this together. All right, let's take a two second break. If anyone's got to go take a pee or whatever, we're back in two seconds. Sure. So, fellas, you want to get into um, confidence points? Let's do it. Let me um, let me ask one question though before we get in there. Actually, I want I I was having a conversation with uh, David Wilson in the DMs few days ago and um i was asking him if he was in this position and this is a bit of this is kind of like the conversation we just had with the best lifter situation if you had the opportunity you had to make a decision you do less weight secure a bronze medal at the u.s nationals or you do the riskier move it's more weight but it's the record all time like that's what our record indicates, right? Which one do you which one do you prefer? Which one means more to you? To be the best that ever did it, have the biggest deadlift ever in your weight class, or you came in third on that day, but it's the nationals, which is a rather big competition. A lot of factors that go into that. I think I mean the biggest ones would be how realistic is the the deadlift you know for the for the record like is that something that you legitimately think you can hit or you're just like fuck it just send it you know kind of thing <laughs> but um yeah and in like wilson's case let's say right where he has a legitimate shot to hit you know the 370 deadlift or something crazy like that um yeah because i mean you hit that you hit that you're 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 in you're in your spot right i mean like, like you block up your third place or whatever it is second place um i think most people would secure the medal at nationals and then worry about the the deadlift another time. That's what I think would happen. Now, if you're like sitting in like, you know, sixth place and you're going to pull the fourth place, I think you can just screw it. Just go for the, you know, go for the record kind of thing, whatever, if, if yeah. placing isn't involved. But I think most people would go for the the medal, the top three. If, if um, so I don't know, because they changed it. So medals, let's, let's change it a little bit to make it a little more unique. And let's say though, 
you're it's back to you can only break national records at the national championships was it i know in canada that's the way it was and i think also in provincials but you can't do it anywhere you can't go to a local meet let's say that's the case though because i think they changed that for the covid times well so yeah so so in the u.s you can break a, a so there's no more national records it's, it's american records you can break those at state championships at regional meets at the arnold or at nationals. So okay. you'll have other chances there. You know what I mean? So if you're that good, you're gonna be going to the Arnold or if you're like, screw it, I just wanna break this record. So you sign up for your local state championship later on in the year, kind of sandbag a squat, sandbag a bench and just throw up a big old deadlift and go, <laughs> go for the record. Here's, yeah. a, here's, a, here's something to consider. I remember I was talking to a buddy of mine a few years back and he was, there was a national record opportunity uh, in the deadlift. And um, I remember telling him, if you don't take this right now and you wait until later and he was a heavyweight, this may never come back around. And his, his name is Chris Holman. And he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know though, because I'm like, trust me, this is a regional event. It's the same provincials, regional nationals for us in Canada. And I'm like, you're here now. The record's there, but records fall and someone comes, some freak comes out of nowhere and you will never sniff that record again. And this is your chance for history, but nobody really gives a shit about a bronze when things go down later on. Like we're at a regional event. It wasn't nationals, right? He's like, all right, fuck it. I gave him that speech. He took the national record. A couple months later, um, Bernie came around. who's was like deadlifting like 50 pounds more. Uh, Eric Willis, who won the world championships as a 120, would move up to 120 plus every now and then, monster deadlift. And Chris Holman never did. His deadlift never came close to those fellas' deadlifts, and the window closed. And then I remember we had a Christmas party. He's from my hometown. We're at a Christmas party, and he comes up to me and goes, my man, I almost fucking swapped the bronze medal at a regional event, or maybe a silver or gold or whatever the fuck. He ended up getting it anyways, but he risked to get it. Risked that he didn't have to get to get it. And I was, he's like, it means a lot to me because I actually have that in my Instagram bios now, you know, national record holder or whatever the shit. And I'm like, bro, it's history, man. It's history, dog. Um, so it, you're right in that you could say, maybe I'll get it later. But you know, when those freaks come, like you, you don't see people come. It's like, sometimes that window closes. So it's like, nah, today is the day. Make the decision and per tell yourself it may never come back around again. Because sometimes it doesn't. It would if you could do it at a local meet, like fucking three weeks later, I'll just do it. But if it is only select meets and you have to wait six months, that door might close. Another someone else's state championship is three weeks from now. So that door closed three weeks later and you're like... And it's like, yeah, yeah, man. That's how quickly things change. That's the only caveat that, uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Arian, Rory, hop in here. I, I mean, yeah, like we said, for nationals, it's top five. But if we took out the whole top five and only did like, you know, Mel's for top three, the other aspect I think is that in our sports too, but in our sport, they wipe out the records and they switch it. You know, just from when we've been, been around, if you were a hundred kilo male lifter, they wiped the record out and now it's the 105s. If you were like a 67.5 or 75 kilo female, they wiped you out twice because they wiped you out when they went to the 72s and now they wiped you out again when they went to the 69s and 76s. You'll forever be have broken the record. Like your but, record won't stand. But the thing is, I mean, I guess like, you know, the IPF will send you your world record certificate or for USAPL, you can like, you know, download your certificate. But like the way a lot of people see it is like you have the medal. You're, you're, you know, a bronze medalist or you're a national champion. No one will ever take that away from you. The record someone will beat or they might wipe it out. 
but the, the medal you always have. So you, you can hang it up in the house. You can show it to your kids and everything like that and be like, hey, I got the bronze medal nationals. I got the gold medal nationals. Not like, oh, yeah, I got the record. Then they changed the weight class. Let me pull up my Instagram and your, your kids hang like, what the hell is Instagram? Second. Let me say something. Nobody shows off their fucking medals when people come over. Trust me. You think you would, but you'll so, be sheepish. Some, some of these powerfuls have it hung up in their house. Like You, you know, could also have, have your record certificate. Here's what it is, though. For me, I would rather say, like, okay, again, don't say national champion because I'm going to agree with you there. So let's say bronze or something like that. To say I was third best on that given day is one thing, but a record means all time. Nobody in history could do what I did that day. So you gotta go, you, you gotta go look up the all time one. You gotta go look on powerlifting watch when you know Ray or, Williams or, used to go for all time. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, no, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> God damn it, this is pulling deep. And, and you but, have to go look at world records. I, I might agree with you there. If you can, if you can claim that on that day you were the greatest deadlifter in the world. No, not yeah, world, but, but well, well, we're no, we can do world. We could say, would you risk a world bronze for world record or national bronze for national? But, but I'm just saying that thought of like in that moment. You were the strongest elfer in the whole world. You think about that. Or like even bigger would be, what if you were like, this is the biggest deadlift ever. And that's not only that, it's the biggest single feet of strength your weight class has ever seen. Ever. Right now. Or do you want to come in third today? At high level meets, like say nationals or a, or a re, like a like an IPF region, like a like an Asia champs or a North North American or, or Oceania or something like that, um, I value being on the podium podium very highly. Right, like we are here to do sport, and the sport is who can get the highest total on the day. Um, and like when you come up in a in a, in a big meet against. 12 or 15 or 20 of the the strongest people in your country or in your region. And you're like, I, maybe I'm not going to win this, but, but I'm going to get on the podium. I'm going to beat 18 of these people. Like that's, I personally value that way more highly than, oh yes, I benched, uh, you know, whatever, 183 kilos, um, which was 0.5 kilograms more than some other dude did six months ago in some meat that I never heard of right like i don't i don't care about that very much um if i was in 12th and i'm like you know i'm gonna pull the biggest deadlift and i'm still gonna be in 12th or i'm gonna move into 11th because you know whatever like like maybe i would consider that differently but if we're talking about sort of first second third like i would i would take the medal any day yeah um yeah it's something being somewhat hypocritical because what you said i've always said i would prefer like in sports i want to see people clash and try to win as opposed to everyone's lifting relatively unopposed in their relative weight classes. And they're just going, I got a record and she's got a record and he's got a record, but nobody's pushing them on that day. So you're just watching them do exhibition lifts. Basically that's boring as fuck. If the, if the sport goes that, and that's what a lot of meets end up being sometimes. And another thing, Ryan, you can see all of my limited number of medals on the bookshelf behind me. So uh, apparently some people do have them on display. <laughs> I got all my, my team trophies in the background of mine. Uh, yeah, we see them, but we see Actually, uh, you can actually see on this end here, my most valuable trophy, uh, biggest diva award from 2020 Bench Nationals in, uh, in New Zealand. Yeah. It- it, it, it sucks kind of for the uh, big time Delafers because you're the ones at the very end where it's placing a record where if you're going for like a squat American record or world record, 
you're not worried about the placing because you're like, oh yeah, you know, I stopped the bench and dealt to make out the placing. So you may take the bigger risk and go for the squat record. But for Dave Wilson, where he's the big puller, he's got to decide in this in this battle. Does he want, you know, sixth place, fifth place, fourth place, third place? Does he want the record? We'll see. It's a uh, the exact same scenario rolled out that Rory said. My man Caffey was like in 10th, 11th, somewhere there at the Worlds. And um, he broke the world record deadlift. And it's like, well, it is what it is, man. It's not when you come home, you're like, yeah, I broke a world record. And it's like, holy smokes. But, uh, but yeah. yeah and then you have like the weird, then you have the weird ones like, like with Sam in, in Canada, where she didn't go for gold medal. It's like the opposite here, right? She went for the world record over going for gold um, overall with, you know, a couple more kilos or whatever. Um, and then hit the, hit the, uh, the world record deadlift when, yeah, you know, she could have loaded up whatever it was, three more kilos or whatever to go for a gold overall. So that was a, you know, just kind of the opposite of what you just proposed, mm-hmm. right? Of like, you know, going higher than you need to, to go for that. Or she actually went lower than she needed to to win just to go for the, the world record. So it's yeah, weird. I mean, yeah. it, it's tough for, it's tough because that has literally become one of the, um, not benchmark like historical moments in the sport that people reference where where they talk about like that that you know the decision that was made and like fuck, who knows man she might have loaded up looking when you're in your top end a kilo two kilo two and a half kilo three kilo will break the bank <laughs> okay and you walk away with not only not a gold but not the record as well um so sometimes that gets lost as well be like oh she should have pulled for this well, easy said after the fact, because you're just assuming she would have got it, but because she got the world record, but that's why it's tough. It's one of those freaking tough decisions. Oh, you got 60 seconds and you're like, man, I'm, that second pole was heavier than I thought it should have been. <laughs> man, I don't know. I was hoping. And, you know, so fuck, these are tough decisions, gentlemen. That's why sometimes you work this out in, in your head before you show up there. Um, or you just like as handlers, you guys ask people, I think you're close to a couple of records. I think you're close to this push comes to shove real quick. Where do you think you want to be on this? Like, let me get you. Have you ever had those kind of conversations ahead of time? I definitely have like a priority list of things to do on the day. And like, and, and depending on the meet, that might be, you know, priority one qualify for this event and like, you know, get X total, regardless of whatever else is happening. We get this total. Then we worry about maybe meddling, maybe, maybe a record, maybe, maybe a PB even, um, but, but you had that conversation ahead of time because by the time you're in it and you've got 60 seconds and the lifter wants to rewatch the video of their last squat or, or whatever the hell, like that's, that's not the time to be making that decision. That's exactly it. Have it before. And I think some people don't and they just get lazy and they try to do it on the day and the lifter's not in the right space and you fucking missed your qualifying or whatever. You're like, listen, man, you got to talk to me like, or whatever little goals you want to hit. You're going to say something, Bill. Yeah, I was gonna say it's exactly the same thing as Rory. It's like you have the, all that conversation done a week ahead of time, so it's all written out. So in the heat of the moment, they're like, "Load up 400 kilos for you know for the, the record." And you're like, "Okay, remember we talked about this last week. Yeah, you wanted yeah. to do this. Like, so are we going off of that plan? Like, it's okay if you want to. It's your meat, but this is what we talked about when you were of you know of sane mind and body. <laughs> yeah, like you're risking and them saying it is really important, right? Like it has right. to be it has to be them saying a week in advance, I want X, and yeah. then you show up on the day and they're like, no, 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 actually, I want Y, and you go, well, you you said X, and because people want to be internally consistent, that will that will usually be enough for them to make a decision that they then don't later regret. Yeah, hopefully, you're yeah. right. 
it, it does become somewhat situational though, like you guys said. And so for a lifter, like let's say David Wilson, who is like, you know, very familiar with his own training and he knows what he's capable of and you can communicate with them on the day of, you may have your priority list of like, okay, I want to go for placing and then record and this and this. But then when it comes to the moment and you know the specific number you need for placing and the specific number you need for the record and what you're capable of, then you can at least communicate with them. And at least on the, on the deadlift, the third deadlift, you know, you have the two changes and you have time to like, you know, go back and watch the video talk and then put that change in. So for that, maybe, you know, they'll talk it out and figure out what the exact number is and make that decision. But yeah, you want to prepare in advance because some lifters want to go for first or nothing. Some lifters may say like, Hey, I don't want to risk going for first ending up in third and fourth. Let's play it safer. And like, you know, try and hold on to second. So you want to know that kind of stuff beforehand. Yeah. Like Ashton's pulling for first place, regardless on his third deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they're loading, they're loading up 400 kilos. You don't care. It's going on the bar. Yeah. Well, when you're I mean, if, with- if that's genuinely your priority, like if you yeah. genuinely believe I want a gold medal or I will or snap my back and go to the ER, like if that's the choice that you're willing to make, <laughs> that's that's cool. And if that's what the lifter wants to do, that's that's fine. But like yeah. that needs to be their decision and they need to and they probably need to make that decision before they've had a gram and a half of caffeine and <laughs> feel like Superman because they've just they've gone eight for eight so far. Here's here's a funny handling story. <laughs> Uh, my buddy Paul, who doesn't know that he's not an 83 kilo, and he was handling Caffrey, who's an 83 kilo, and um, they were he was handling. And when it's not your weight class, you don't know all the records unless the person tells you. Especially at national level, you you might know some world records because they get kicked around here and there. But if it's not your weight class, and it's a national record. You don't know all the records, right? So he loaded up Caffrey for the final deadlift, and Caffrey got it up to his knees. They were fighting for like a podium finish. They were fighting for a bronze medal. Okay. And he got it to his knees, failed, didn't get the lift. And I was like, do you know the number you loaded up for that bronze that he, that he got to his knees and didn't get? And he's like, yeah, I mean, it was pretty big. I was like, big. It was 0.5 kilo off the world record deadlift. I was like, my brother, it's like, 10 kilo more than he needed for the national record, which he could have got. Like, I was like, you, you bypassed a national record for regional bronze and you have a world record loaded up. You don't even know what you were about to accomplish. You might as well load it up an extra chip and went for a world unofficial world record, man, let alone a bronze medal at a regional event. <laughs> right. you could have had a world but record. if he really wanted a bronze medal at that regional event, <laughs> like if he cared about a bronze medal at that regional event above any kind of record, yeah. like he made the right decision. Right. That's true. Well, it's that, true. I'm just saying. So then the difference was, I'll, I'll let you go in one second, Arian. At the world championship, um, Jeff Butt, who's the handler of the national team coach, first thing he's like, where you at with like priorities, just like you guys are saying. And I, I was back there and we're like, I told, I didn't, Kathy didn't say much. And I told Jeff, like, he can get a world record. Um, loaded up for his third dead and boom, you know, he got the world record. Go ahead, buddy. Nice. Uh, now, I was just going to say, I can't think of the specific situation, but it's happened in a situation like that where you may prioritize things and then it comes time and let's say 325 gets you the place you want, like, you know, first place, but 325.5 will get you the world record. So do you take the 325 and secure the gold or do you go 325.5 and get the gold and the record? Because some people will say, oh, half a kilo is not that much. But then you're also saying, at max attempts, half a kilo does make a difference. So then it goes back to that priority. You said you want to win. Three twenty-five is a minimum to win. One if pound. It's like the same thing. Like you know, if, if you're if you're on the goal line, you only need the yard. If you're at the one yard line, so if you only need three twenty-five, 
are you going to load 325.5 and risk by losing it? Damn it, Are you telling me if we loaded up your your PR deadlift, you know, RPE 10, you know, like cat back shaking, like, and we added half a kilo to that, you're 100% sure you would have got it. But here's, here's the thing. You never get that. You never get that certainty. You never get that certainty of like before you go walk out there you don't know if you're half a kilo more like that's the problem with powerlifting in the attempts right so i know what you mean i know what you guys mean yes I, I, there will be a but point also, where half a kilo breaks you but you will tell yourself fuck today right now half a kilo what's the chances that this is it this is the met you know so i don't care what they say you got you know you guys are both you know ipf officials as soon as that that world record or american record pops up they're looking a little bit harder. Those referees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They all right? sort of perk up. They're, oh, there's an American record. Yeah, world right. record. Yeah. Like, oh, let me pay attention to this a little more. What if you're too. pulling for the win though at Worlds? They're going to be looking though too though. Yeah, of course. No, no. I know. I'm, I'm kind of teasing. You're right that. though. But, but you're like, right. But, like when so when you hear people like opening up with a world record, you know, it's always one of those things that you're like, uh, you just want to like pull it back a little bit so you're not being under the microscope so much on the open air kind of thing. Well, if you're like but, um, like Caffey was like in top 10, somewhere in the top 10. Um, so they're not over, you're not pulling for the win. But as soon as you got a world record there, now you're taking someone's record and you're going into history books. It better be clean. It better be freaking clean because it's going to be all like, that's in the history books now. People are going to scrutinize. Somebody has lost a record. When you go onto Instagram, you're like, I lost a record to that. Soft shoulders, soft knees. Like, And then all of a sudden it becomes a thing. Same thing with, you're supposed to do it straight, straight across the board, neutral. But if it's for the win, and you're like, I'm sorry, but like people are going to scrutinize, look at this deadlift for the wind, the shoulders, the knees, the whatever you, you, I know you should be judging the person who's pulling for 10th, the same as pulling for the win, but you know, what's going to go viral. If somebody has soft knees, soft shoulders, and they get the wind like that, and it, that's where everyone's going to be a huge shitstorm. Be like, what the hell was Bill thinking? As opposed, it's also to, where it gets contested, right? Like, yeah, yeah, if you yeah, yeah. if you pull for the win and you lock <laughs> out with soft knees and soft right. hips, like that's Bill running over to the table with a wad of euros in his hand, going like, "There's no way that that was locked locked right. out, right?" So, so there is repercussions. You're absolutely right. If if it's tenth, fifteenth place, or whatever, whatever, and you, you're not going to be doing that. So that's where like, it it almost is made into the rules and the, and the way social media and the game is scrutiny is and the way public attention is. So in the rules, in terms of contesting and in, in terms of how people are going to react to it, you're going to sit a little up closer into your seat. If you're the judge and be like, well, I better pay closer attention. This is for the win or this is for a record or whatever the shit. Right. Um, it's just the belly of the beast, man. But uh, all right, fellas. Well, that was a tangent. All right, let's go. That's a bit of a tangent there, fellas. <laughs> I'm pulling up my uh, picks. So for anyone listening, we'll get into um, a couple highlights for the bench only. I also have another discussion I want to have with you fellas at the end. By then, I'll be a few cocktails deep. Maybe we'll get a little looser, a little KOTL after dark. Um, but let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, this is confidence points just like <laughs> – what is Rory's got to put in the chat? He shit talks in the chat, comes off like a gentleman on the audio. What is that all about? He, he's shit talking in the chat. I'm going to tell you guys why you're all wrong. <laughs> so in the audio, he's a gentleman, right? All right. Anyways. Um, so for anyone listening, 
on the fantasy league, we do confidence points. You pick the winners for each weight class. And even if you're not in the fantasy league, this is a good discussion to listen to because we're breaking down the weight class and the champions and why as well. Um, so it works all around, but for the fantasy league, obviously you have the winners for each weight class, and then you give a confidence ranking. So we have in the fantasy league, we did for the men's and women's separately, uh, eight points. You're most confident in this guy winning. Um, seven points, and that's the guy you think your second most confident is going to win. And same with the women's. Uh, so both of them, eight points is top, one point, meaning, holy smokes, this person is in a battle. So for Russell Orhe, think he's going to win, but holy smokes, he's in such a close battle. I gave him only one confidence point because Sean and him are neck and neck uh, as far as I saw it. So today we're going to do men's and women's together. So the confidence points goes from eight to 16. 16 to one. Six, or, or sorry, 16 to one. Thank you. Uh, well, I, what I mean is the top one being eight to 16, but yeah, uh, right. So what? Well, anyway, sorry. Don't, don't if I over explain, it's <laughs> Rory, just shit talk him in the comments. I got it. <laughs> I got it too. Uh, all right, good. Two out of two out of three people understood me. So ratio of the listeners are two two out of three listeners are gonna understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Not bad. Um, I've been drinking. So here we go. Do do you guys I think we'll do it just like we did previously, where we're gonna start with the most confident person we have in the US Nationals coming up that we think is gonna win, meaning they're gonna get our 16 points confidence points so this is the most confident person we think in all u.s raw nationals men's and women's anybody about to watch take it in disagree if you want fellas your number one confidence 16 points who gets it bill monica brown oh solid amanda lawrence i got lawrence too yeah, I think it would take a miracle for Amanda Lawrence not to win. Uh, Bonica for sure is is up there, but you're really more more confident in Brown than Lawrence. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Amanda's in a weight class where she has to make weight, so that's the first factor where it has to happen. Uh, Amanda has squatted high before in competition, where Bonica has you know is normally sinks her squats in. Also, Bonica has the, the pedigree and she's been winning championships since um, Amanda was born, basically. So uh, I'm going to go with Bonica. Disaster got a strike for Amanda to drop 100 kilo, but maybe. maybe. I don't know, again, she's not going to lose. But, but again, there's more chances for something bad to happen. Fair. With her all having right. to make weight and that's all. Fair. But all right. I, still, I still think she's going to win. I just Yeah, yeah. Know. She's your pick. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, fellas. Our 15 point, who is the second most confident you have in all the U.S. Nationals to win? Let's start with uh, Arian. What are you saying? I'm sticking with the women. I'm going Heather Connor. Rory? For my 15, I've got Dennis Cornelius. Ooh. Same as Rory, I got Dennis also. Now, here's the thing, fellas. I'm being told Dennis is in a closer fight than we had said. With whom? Martin, I believe. Okay. I'm being told that we have maybe somewhat underestimated this gentleman. And not that maybe Dennis isn't going to win, but that it might be a closer battle than maybe we had been letting on. Uh, Arian, what is your scouting on that? 
I haven't necessarily seen anything, so I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a tight. What's your source on that, Ryan? What's your what's your source on that? A couple is that people... uh, is that Martin sliding in your DMs, being like, "Nah, I got this, bro," or or have you got people... something better than that? A lot of people have been sliding in the DMs. Here's the thing, man. People do slide in my freaking DMs, and and it is what it is. Well, Jared's coach is Ed Cohen, right? So you're talking to Ed or what? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't Ed Cohen. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's just people who, you know, the regular listeners that um, give me feedback often. But um, anyways, not solid enough pick. I'm going to go Heather Connor myself. Um, I think she's uh, she's got more competition than Lawrence, as far as I can see. But because um, like we said, yeah, it's it it depends, but she she's still gotta show up, do her job, but I think she should win relatively comfortably. Um, did we all go for that one? Yep. yep. On to the 14. And uh who you got, Bill? Uh Jonathan Keiko. What are you saying, Rory Lynchpin? Keiko's a good choice, but for my 14, I have Heather Connor. And um, what do you think in there, Aaron? Dennis Cornelius. So 14 is where I have uh, Bonica Brown. So um, we're all clustered around the same people, though. Yeah, well, Shifting... the top five are probably going to be all pretty much pretty close to the same, just in a different order, most likely. Exactly. I think we're pretty close on the same page where we're pretty confident in the same people. Um, so let's, let's keep it moving here for – the number 13. And maybe we'll go with Arian first this time. Sam Calhoun. Ooh. I got Heather Connor for that one. For my 13, and it's the first time his name's being said, Jesus Oliveras. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of people are going to listen to this, and I've already had a couple people in my DMs, like I said, um, who think... You know, that battle's a little closer with Ray than people are saying, than we were saying, more specifically. Because we were all also kind of kicking around the fact, could Ray actually get, you know, come into third maybe or something? And previously speaking, that would be crazy to even mull over. And some people are like, listen, I think you're underestimating. There's a couple factors here. If it comes into attempt selection, Matt Gary is an absolute wizard with attempt selection. Uh, I got utmost confidence in this man. The guy's been in the game since the 90s, more than these guys have been alive. Um, And Ray has been shifting some weights better than he has in a long time. I'll give him that. Not quite where I think he was at peak form, but better than he has in quite some time. So if he's not at peak, is he good enough? I still got Jesus winning this thing. But some people in my DMs have given me reason to think I got to, you know, it's more of a battle than maybe we let on, which is fair enough. You should um, have to switch the uh, King and Lifts logo if you're going to put Jesus at 13. Oh, well, easy now. <laughs> easy now. <laughs> easy, buddy. Um, he's a five-time world champion, though, so there's a little work to be done for him to get bumped. Um, but uh, what are you guys thinking here? What's your number? Th- so my number 13, Jesus, what do you guys think? We know Rory. We, we Rory. Did my number 13 pick would be Jonathan Keiko. Fair mm. enough. Um, all right. So number 12. Amanda Lawrence. So this is, you know, it, it, 
I would have thought Lawrence would have been much higher. Have we already all, all of us used Lawrence up already? Yep. I'm, I'm a little surprised she's number 12 for you, Bill. <laughs> what do <are> you... <laughs> you know what, man? The thing is, you win these fucking things. And, and now I'm double-checking my stats. I'm like, what the hell? Bill is consistently winning these fantasy leagues. Unless, like, you're just one of these evil geniuses. And because um, we have hundreds of people in this league now. So if you end up winning this, holy, you're for real the champ because you'll have beaten a lot of people. Um, okay. All right. I'm, all right. Fair enough. What do you got, Arian? Chandler Bab. How about, how about yourself, Rory? For number 12, I have Bonica Brown. Okay. So everybody so far, and I got Dennis Cornelius. Everybody so far was the same names we'd already kicked around. The new name in the batch was Chandler. Yes, sir. So why is that, that you have her in the upper echelon of your confidence? Uh, I mean, even though the stuff we talked about, I, I still think, you know, she's far enough ahead on qualifying total and her training is looking so good. Like we said, she's repping out her deadlift max from her last meet that I think, you know, her, her numbers are going to shoot up as well. So I think uh, pretty confident that she's going to, you know, make weight and hit PRs compared to some of these other people where you, you never know what's going to happen, especially like you, people that aren't posting their training. Like people are saying Jared Martin's looking good, but you go to his Instagram, he has no posts. So we're just guessing. Yeah. But, but for Chandler, she has her training up. So I know what she's hitting and I know what her competitors are hitting. And so this is her first, um, like this is a big, competition right and this is there's a lot more pressure here coming into this but since since we found out that she's like flown to italy across the ocean and competed at i think it's the ipl worlds etc does that give you more confidence in terms of showing up to the big like previously we thought wow little green you know a little wet behind the ear so to speak you know and and, and her number one comp competitor is Kristen Dunsmore who has won a nationals before and has lifted at the world championships and like so does it give you more confidence now what do you think or is this not a factor you just think of look at it, it she's just it, ahead it's a small factor because it is more experience having those USPA and IPL meets but it's not actually or necessarily apples to apples because the weigh-ins are different. The judging may be different. The bars they use may be different. So it's not exactly the same, the numbers hitting, but people also react to, you know, being the first time differently. And I mean, the way she's talking on, on Instagram and tagging you and, and us and saying like, she's Oh no, I got, I got more experience. Like you guys don't know what's coming. It's like that. And who knows? She may react to that first time quite well. I like it, man. I like, like a little pep in the step. I like a little confidence, you know? Um, I mean, you got to, it's too late in the game now. Don't doubt yourself. You're going all in, go all in. Um, yeah. All right. So that was uh, our number 12 for number 11. Arian, you want to keep this going, sir? Sure. I got Bonica for my number 11. Made her appearance. I was wondering what you were going to say her name. A little later than us. How about you, Rory? I got Sam Calhoun for number 11. Bill? Best lifter, Taylor Atwood. And isn't it funny that um, the person we're picking for best lifter, you're picking for best lifter, and it's it's lower on the rung, but it's it just goes to show 
you can win your weight class, but your weight class might not just have the opposition, but someone else could be in a massive firefight um, with multiple people like the OK Corral. It's not just a one-on-one. It's all over the place. You've got fire coming at you. And um, if you can rise to the top of it, you're a best lifter. I mean, that's the way she goes sometimes. Um, my number 11 is Jonathan Keiko. And, uh, and I mean, he's, I think you guys, have you guys already put out Jonathan as well? I haven't. Yeah, I had him at 14. Okay. He's a lock. And you, <laughs> and you already had him out, Rory? So Arian's keeping the Keiko card. My we'll man. See, we'll see when I drop him. Yeah, we'll see when you drop that Keiko card. All right. Your number 10, Arian. Is it Keiko? No, my number 10 is Taylor Atwood. Like you said, he may win best lifter, but it is still a tough battle. So. He's still in your top half. Yeah. Um, Rory, how about yourself? Number 10, I have Chandler Babb. And Bill? This is where I'm going with super, the new super heavyweight champion, Jesus Olivares. All right. So I already had Jesus off. He makes an appearance uh, for yourself. Rory, Irene, have you guys said Jesus yet? Nope. So nope. You're going to have to wait do- and see where I put him. Yes, sir. You guys do believe he's got a battle coming. And this is where, look, the people that I think it's not that, again, and and I like the Taylor Atwood scenario, it underlines, this is no disrespect towards the lifter. I think Taylor Atwood on the right night could be the best lifter of the tournament. And yet he's not on the top half of my confidence points. So that's not an indication of what I think about his lifting. It's more a tip of the hat towards everybody else this guy's got to face, you know? Uh, so just reiterating that for anyone listening, my number 10 is uh, Shahid Bryant uh, in the 59 kilo, who's an absolute bench pressing God, Jack to hell. And um, he's going to come into my number 10, fairly confident in the young man. He's got a decent nomination spread and uh, we'll see what he does. Moving on to number nine. What do you fellas got? Let's go with Bill first. Going Sam Calhoun. Oh, man. Arian, who you got? I got Jonathan Kaiko. Here he is. Here he is, man. And that's the thing, man. Look at Kaiko's. Kaiko has a decent spread. Why Why was? Why were you holding off on the Kaiko? I'm interested. I mean, he's still my top half. But, yeah, right. I mean, there's there's still enough competition there with people that could make big, uh, big uh, progress. And even, like, people like, you know, Tina keeps telling us about like, oh, you tell about this lifter or that lifter. And so with Cam Smith. Thank you. Dropping that because Tina is another person who slid in my DMs like, you guys are fucking sleeping right now. You better mention his name. Like, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm glad you remembered. I almost forgot. So <laughs> thank you, sir. Tina was probably going to slide in my DMs again after this podcast. So based on like uh, she kept telling me and she kept sending me videos and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, Cam delves a little bit more than Kaiko, but like, you know, five kilos. Kaiko's got like, you know, 15 to 17 kilos on Cam. And so then it comes down to her squats. And I think Cam has so far done maybe five kilos more than what Kaiko has done in competition. Holy so it's shit. actually for someone who's nominated 892 and someone's not at 812, it's much closer of a gap. And so, and then you have like, you know, these other guys like Borker and Gavin and all these other people. So who knows what kind of progress these guys made. I still have them obviously pretty high at nine. Just a yeah. little bit of variability, a little bit of possibility for an upset. I seem to remember these kind of conversations before in the 74 kilo class where, you know, the spreads are pretty big 
And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, yeah, but this guy and this guy's going to catch up to Atwood. And then the meet comes and it doesn't happen. So I, I still picked yeah. him to win. I still got him at <laughs> nine. nine. <laughs> but you've seen the video. He's actually made those lifts, though, right? And, and on the and on the men's only, I have Kaiko at six out of eight. So I have pretty high up just on the yeah. men's. Yeah. Well, 93 is historically has been pretty competitive. Um, but yeah, Cam Smith. Uh, she hit my DMs is like, you guys, what are you doing? You, you're sleeping here. And then she said, like, I'm shooting Aryan videos right now. And I was like, all right, Aryan's getting a scouting report on this young man. So I'm glad she did because so nobody's getting overlooked. People don't watch the U.S. Raw Nationals. If this guy makes a major move and they're like, his name didn't even get dropped on the KOTL, it helps us out anyway. So thank you, Tina, for I mean, a little bit of help. I mean, we got... We got, a, I don't know about you guys, but like, I feel like Ryan, you and I got so much information after the podcast from people than from before, yeah. but on the flip side, it's like, how much of this information should I keep private? Because I don't want to give it away to those lifters competitors. But Tina came on the podcast and talked about cam and sending it to you and sending it to me. I was like, okay, it's fine. No, mentioning him. No, she was roasting us for not mentioning. So this yeah. is cool. This is totally cool to mention. Um, but also Connor is, is, Strong, like he's got some opposition. Even Gavin, man, is posting up. He's a young guy. So his, like, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it's true. Rate of adaptation when you're younger is going to be a lot quicker. It is what it is. Um, he's a young guy and his, holy smokes, his nominations throw those right out the window. It, what he's doing in the gym right now is crazy, man. So there's a lot of guys who are going to be threats um, that it might look a little closer. I still think Jonathan, but yeah, I understand. Um, who else? Who hasn't gone yet? We went on a tangent there, and now I got lost here. Well, I haven't anyway. gone for number nine yet. Um, and for number nine, I have the the king, Taylor Atwood, just yeah, scraping yeah. into the the top half. Right, and that's obviously out of respect for C Perkins and the type of level he's facing. Mostly Perkins, like like obviously I put Taylor Atwood to win overall, um, like like best overall, but like it's not going to be a walk in the park for him. Um, That's the same and, and even if he comes second in that class, that probably means he's going to come second or third overall. So, um, yeah. There, I think there's all these little factors as well with certain people. Like, for example, with Atwood, he's like, you know, tweaked his like, you know, hamstring and stuff like that before not been hundred percent for meat. And so like, you know, what happens if that happens in like, you know, final week or something like that for one of these lifters. And the other thing is some of these lifters can get off work and come, you know, two, three, four days early some of these lifters might have to fly in the afternoon or night before and then wake up at 6 a.m. and weigh in. So that could play a factor too of like how on point are you when you have to lift on like, you know, Thursday, 8 a.m. I got a feeling a guy like Taylor who's flown all over the world and won world titles, like that's where, that is where I think experience helps. When we talk about experience where you get, if you, if you have like, okay, I've flown, I've made weight after taking a flight, which does affect your water loading, deloading, whatever. I've made weight in funny hotel rooms. I've done the crazy hour changes. Cause even in, within the U S U S is a big nation, man. There's a three hour time zone change. So, you know, this 8 AM feels like 5 AM to you the whole night. There's a lot of different factors. And when you're a veteran like Taylor, who's been all over the world, winning titles and so many different nationals, it's hard to rattle. He's like, I've been here. It is what it is. We're going to get the job done. Um, on the flip side, his, the guys he's facing, Perkins, he won the, the – where was the University Cup when he won it? That's an international competition as well. 
Um, and he's also, you know, he's, he's been around the block himself. And then C himself has won world championships as a junior. And, and Cho, who's, who's around, you know, is in that cluster as well, also was at the world championships that was in Sweden. So he's also, um, and he took a silver medal. He did rather well as well. So all those guys, despite their age, they're battle tested. You know, if you're wondering how they're going to do with, you know, the flights and all the rest, time zone changes, it's a lot harsher to go to Europe um, than it is just within your own country. So, yeah, but these are factors, man. It is what it is. We're doing number nines. Bill, have you got your number nine out? Yep, it is Sam Calhoun already. That's right. You're up. Okay, well, let me re let me snowball off that. I got Sam Calhoun. She uh, makes her appearance, my man. Have we all said Sam Calhoun now? Yes. Yeah. Now who's copying Bill, though? Ryan? <laughs> hey, man. Why don't you keep that in the fucking chat, okay? You, you, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe now, you. Uh, you know, when we get to the halfway point of a podcast, he's no longer throwing it in the chats, and he's just <laughs> firing from the hip for the audio. He's you, like, fuck you, it. You, but you're picking on me for picking Kaiko at nine when you guys picked at that, picked him at like nine, 11, 13. On the flip side, I pick Sam as 13, Rory picks Sam as 11, and the two you picked are at nine. Yeah, and I'll tell you, um, so we're at the halfway mark in terms of our confidence points. Uh, and I'm still, obviously, I got her to win. In the halfway mark, I'm relatively confident she's going to, but she's got some opposition. Um, I th- I, I'm pretty confident she's got this, but... I mean, she's got world champions. She's got to deal with, you know, this is no walk in the park. You drop the ball. Um, you know, a lady like Milliken could go nine for nine and ruin your day. If you, if you do drop the ball, um, and, and you got to face two world champs, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty rough right. at a national championship. When you're the defending national champ, you have to go against two former world champions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough task to ask for. So, um, I'm, I could, I still do see her winning, but, um, yeah, this is U.S. Raw Nationals, baby. It gets rough. Okay, number eight. Who do you got, Bill? Daniela Mello. Makes mm. her appearance. And, uh, and and why why are you picking her around the uh, halfway mark on, on the lower side there, Bill? Yeah, I mean, I think that Jasmine's going to give her a pretty good run for her money. But I also um, – the reason I have her a little bit lower is just the unknown of the weight class. That's all. Um, if, you know, if she was an established 76 already, she would be much higher for me. And what, what do you think in there, Rory? For your number, number, eight, number eight, I have Russell or um, Like I know on the last podcast, I was saying, I think he's going to come in a sort of 850, 860. Um, but like uh, Noriega is not going to be, not going to be a ton behind that. Um, so yeah, medium, medium confidence on Ross. I'm actually, I'll be honest with you, and everybody knows I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the, I'm big on Russ, but um, I think that's rather high. I think he's found, of all the people, I think he's got himself in one of the closer battles in the U.S. Raw Nationals when I look at them. Well, we'll uh, we'll see when I kick your ass on. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you're not drinking? Are you sure it's me, Darian? Because as, as as we go, you can. More. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, in terms of w- when we're looking at it, I think he's in a tight one. I think he's kind of like he might even be tighter than. And you're gonna find out when we get to my confidence points. But I think he might be in a tighter battle even than the seventy fours. And that's a tight one. That's 12 kilo away from Perkins. And when you're talking 
Perkins and Neck and Atwood are 12 kilo away. And when you're talking 800 kilos, that's fractions, man. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's nothing. Whereas, um, you know, Russ and Sean on paper, it's 825 versus 833. That is really small margin of error. Now I get it. Russ hasn't, his 833 is from 2019 and he should be stronger. I got him to win. I'm just saying it, it could be a firefight, but it is what it is. What do you, who do you got, Arian? What do you know? I got Russ at eight. Son of a bitch. Did you see what he deadlifted? And he held at the top, no grip issues. Yeah, he did. What was it? How much was he? 40 kilos, I think. 340. People uh, are yeah, send it to Bill. Um, just, uh, just to remind him. People are talking about like on, on Reddit, they're like, oh, Sean's just going to put whatever on the bar to, to pull for the win. I'm like, is he even going to be the last deliverer? Yeah. Because right. right now, Russ is pulling more than him. And I've never seen Sean pull 340, 750 pounds. Am I mistaken on that? And, and I think he's done, yeah, the 325 was like his last meet. I think maybe he's done 330. The, the other thing is that if Sean is hitting everything, if he's hitting his squat and he's hitting his bench, he doesn't need to be the last puller because he's going to have the higher subtotal and he can just delve wherever he needs. And then Russ has to, you know, pull something big, 350, 360 for the win. Right. If Sean's having a bad day and he's missing, like, you know, his third squad and third bench and he's like, you know, down, now he's to worry about these other guys catching on him. So maybe then he doesn't focus on first place anymore. Maybe he just focuses on getting second. So I think it's possible Russ is going to be out pulling him. And, and uh, so I put him at eight. Like, there's still variability in that weight class. But I think one of the benefits also to having so many people, five or six people battling, is that they're all going to be worrying about each other as well. It's not just one-on-one. Fair enough. Yep. Um, what do you got, Bill? Did you already What number are we on? I did Mellow already. Did yeah. you? Okay. Um, number eight, I got Chandler Bapp. Um, She's, you know, fair. I, I do think she's got, like, her training's been going phenomenal. Um, she also has some opposition in her weight class though. I mean, uh, so it, it's going to be tight. I'm confident, but, uh, she has, she, she cannot drop the ball on this though. Um, it's not quite as a dire situation as some of these people who have to go nine for nine. And it's so tight. If you drop the ball, you miss your third squat. You know, like if Russ misses his third squat, it's not the end of the world. But if Sean goes nine for nine after that, it's going to be tough. Um, Chandler Babb, I think it's got a little bit of wiggle room, but not as much as some of these other individuals, like for instance, Amanda Lawrence, who got my 16, that I think she could literally go three for nine and, and win this bad boy on her openers. Um, so that's why you see, as long as it's one, as long as it's one, as long as it's one lift in each, in each, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> as long as it's one squat, yeah. one, one exactly. As long as it's not three for three in squats and then it's exactly that's, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so there you go. That's my number eight. Number seven, gentlemen, Bill, who you got, sir. I have Shahid at number seven. Shahid makes an appearance. I think I was the only other person that had Shahid until you just said him. And yep. um, I believe so. Uh, I'm a little. But Rory's going to say it too. So don't worry. Don't worry. Rory's going to say it too. <laughs> I'm pretty. Listen, I'm pretty confident in Shahid. I'm telling you, 
Um, yeah, I mean, he just he, when he hit um, yesterday, whatever, one sixty bench, and it was like pretty fast, man. It's crazy. I think the crazy. He's he's. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna make a name for himself. I know the lighter weights don't get near, like especially the fifty nine kilo don't get that much love. But when you do something like the reason why I think he's gonna make more of an impact as a 59, which is very difficult. Couple things. A, he's not why he doesn't look like Fedor, Fedor Fedoshenko. He's fucking jacked, takes his shirt off. He looks like a poster boy. People, if like we're a weightlifting sport, that matters. B, um, his biggest lift isn't like a, a sumo pole that's not going to bode well with social media that he's doing sumo, moving it three inches off the ground because he's very short. And then people are like, fuck, this is tough to watch this weight class. His biggest lift, his most impressive lift is his bench press, flat backed, smashing massive weights. And you're a guy in the gym who isn't into powerlifting. Like, Take a look at this. This is a 130 pound man bench pressing 340 pounds. What do you think about that? everybody's going to be impressed. And then you see the guy, like he looks like a power lifter. Um, so I think honestly, this could be a bit of a coming out party where he, he can get a little bit of hype behind him and, and he'll deserve it. I'm pretty confident in that young man. Arian, who you got? Brittany Saplicki. She's in a battle, man. So this She's is where some of you guys are picking people who I think are in battles and a little high. She's in the battle, but she's still in my, you know, in my lower half just the top of my lower half because there's other people that are maybe more variable or in bigger battles. Fair. You're, you're, you're at the top of your lower half. <laughs> well said. Well said. Spoken like a politician. Who you got, Rory? I got so plucky as well. Um, but I did want to say on the, on the show. You changed your pick after I picked it. Yeah. I yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the uh, Shahid Bryant note, it would be the right month for a coming out party. Wouldn't it? Oh, nicely done, sir, with all the puns. Oh, pun, 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 pun. What points are we at right now here? Losing you myself. Got, that was number that seven. Was, uh, yeah, right. number that was seven. And uh, I got to scoot around on my... Okay, so this is where I have for my number six is Daniela Mello. Wait, did you give your seven? Did you pick number seven? Did I give no. my seven? No, you're always last. No. Daniel Clements. Okay. Is my number uh, seven. That's quite a battle, Ryan. But, <laughs> but, um, and, and I, I, I think he's going to make weight the whole nine. It's his 715 is a nice chunk ahead, but the 66s is an absolute war zone. And he's got some phenomenal lifters in the 66s. The reason why he's not in my top half, he's got a freaking war zone of, of, of contenders. If he slips up, you can't slip up. Some of these other people, we've already said, you slip up. It's like you have from, you can go three for nine to win two. You can miss a few. You're fairly comfortable. You're still going to win two. The 66 kilo class, it's a battle. But his 715, if he can replicate that, it's not a massive body drop. If he can replicate that, I'm confident enough. He's still in my lower half, but he's not my number one, number two, number three. But you're right. Dog, the 66 kilo is one of the biggest battles we've got in U.S. Raw Nationals, and I've already said that. From so real quick, while, real quick, while we have 60, while we're talking about 66 is real quick. Reigning king of the world, Charles Apoko, dude, did a bodybuilding show today or yesterday? Dude is killed it. Diced. First it place, is? best overall, whatever. Yeah. Dude, if you look at the pictures, he looks ridiculous. He's a freak. He is ridiculous. killing it. So I mean, he's obviously he's obviously injured, and that's why he's not. 
um, competing in powerlifting right now. And he switched right over to bodybuilding and like, what a transition for that kid, man. Holy cow. He's dice. The guy's ridiculous. He, um, he was on the podcast. <laughs> He's got a hell of a story, man. He was on the podcast and, uh, he was talking about like, um, I love, like, I remember talking about it when he, he was going up against, uh, Mr. Perfect who, uh, Gladkick, who for two world championships straight, won two back-to-back world titles, got all, all of his lift pass, went nine for nine. And not only did he go nine for nine at the world championships, try it sometime. It's rather difficult when you have people breathing down your neck. Not only did he go nine for nine twice, back-to-back, didn't get a single red light. He was all on, so, you know, I love my nicknames. So as a commentator, I said, he's Mr. Perfect. And um, he had previously defeated U.S.'s number one lifter in uh, McConey. And when, at the time, now now we all know what Apoko ended up being, but at the time, McConey didn't make the, the um, national team. And he was the number one seed from the U.S., but there was like uh, some controversy and he got kicked off the team and he wasn't going to make it. So Apoko went afterwards as a number two. And it was a little bit of a, fuck, man, he's the number two you're going against Mr. Perfect. He already beat your number one. You're sending number two. How is this going to roll out? I showed up in Calgary with that background and Charles in the background in the warm-up room. He was telling me about it when he's on the podcast. Like he's got swagger. He's got confidence. When he hits the platform, he was like, you know, he, I remember before he squatted, he was like, man, what the fuck? He was like talking shit to the bar almost like the way he's looking at it. Like I got like, there's some people where you're unsure of, and then you see him on the platform, you walk away and you're like, fuck me. I don't think there's another 66 in the world that ever could have beat this guy. Like there's, they just change you. There's something about the way they carry themselves when they enter the room. And he had that impression when he walked into Calgary, I almost completely after watching him switched. And then um, he hit, and Gladkick tried to chip, missed. And then I was like, oh my God, it happened. Mr. Perfect finally failed the lift. And then the story of Apoko, you know, he ends up winning back-to-back years and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but anyways, divulging a little, we had to get a story out the way somewhere. So thank you, Bill. You keep me up nicely. Uh, he, wants some, uh, he wants some cool awards too. He's got this giant sword, man. And he looks like Conan the Barbarian out there or something. Dude, I love the, I love the kid. He, and he's, his story too. Um, he came from Africa to the U S and he was talking about like the, the comparison between like growing up in Africa and then coming to U S and, and the whole nine and like, fuck, he's a, he's a, he's got a good story, man. I would have him on the podcast anytime, but, um, and he talks about his, when he tells you the story about fighting glad kick at, at the back-to-back worlds, like it's so good when you know the battle that took place. Um, <laughs> so anyways, who else still has to go for this one? We're on uh, seven. We're on, We're on six, six now. You just you pick you pick Mello for six, right? You said yes. Um, because my man was giving me yeah. So I got Mello for six, and here's why. Obviously, I got a winning. I've never seen her in this weight. It's different if you haven't seen someone at a weight and they're moving up because the variable of well, if you're moving up, the variable of making weight really isn't much of an issue. It things really gotta go badly if you're moving up a weight class and still and miss weight you really overshot your macros but um so that isn't a variable for anyone who previously was a six you know a weight class below moving up we're uh, 72 moving up to 76 mellow's moving down haven't seen her do that yet uh i still pick her to win but there's a variable there that i'm unsure of so that's why um she's my number six fellas bill you go i have uh chandler bab on this one 
And, and why would she be? What would be why just the un, just the unknown race? I mean, I have I'm pretty confident in her winning. I'm pretty confident Shahid winning, but I had them in this little lower range just because of the unknown. I've never seen them lift before where everyone else on here, I've seen it nationals before kind of thing. So it's just more of an unknown for me of like, I've seen videos looks great, but again, I just never seen it with my own eyes. That's all. Well, that's fair, man. If you got to make a prognosis, um, I've said it before, history is the greatest indicator of the future. Uh, Rory, how about you? Uh, for six, I also have Mello. Um, I think she is likely to win the 76ers, but like big question mark with that big cut. No idea what her body weight's doing. Uh, so if she makes weight, I think she's got it in the bag. But but I, if we were putting money on this, I wouldn't necessarily be putting money on or put, wouldn't be putting a lot, lot of money on her making weight. So that's or, that's all. Or if you make weight, like she might wake, make weight, but you feel terrible and you're like, holy smokes, this was... Oh yeah, like, like you're not make weight, to- but hurt herself to get there. Like that's that's not good either. So I, yeah, like I I think she's got it so long as she makes weight comfortably. Arian, what are your thoughts? For my number six, I have Andy Riley. Oh. Oh. Okay, l- listen, man. I, another one. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say another one that, you know, uh, Tina was really hyping up and I didn't, I didn't have her Instagram account at first. And then once I, I saw that, like, you know, how it spelled and found it and started training, I was like, damn. So again, in my bottom half, yeah. but on the higher end of the bottom half, I have to go with six. Cause she's got some battles. Let's be honest. Battles. Um, Inda, who's a world champion, uh, Tina Tornado, who's a perennial contender for, for a medal. Like, and, um, when Tina was on, I, I was telling her this. When she was on the podcast, she, I, the impression I got, and the, I think the impression you got too, because we had said it in her preview show, was like, well, okay, she, she's, she's not coming in, maybe expecting PRs, and who knows what her expectations are. Like, that's what I got, the feeling of. And then afterwards, when we did a preview show, and she heard it, she slid, she slid in my DMs like, hey, man. Um, I'm coming for a medal. If you don't think that, get, listen, I'm not coming just to shake hands. Like, um, and then after, and then so I'm like, all right, fair enough. Then after that, she posted, she's moving some weight, and I'm like, okay, maybe I was underestimating. Like, she's full on again. So, um, Andy Riley, I, she's still one of my, like, I'm still picking her to win, but she's in the battle, man. Like, like these girls that we're talking about, like Inda. Um, tornado these girls are like our perennial contenders if the u.s raw nationals have done how many of these how many years in a row and have been taking medals not overcome by the moment at all they know what to expect and so it's going to be tough uh but so the, re- the recurring theme has been for a lot of these weight classes oh it's going to be a battle between these two or three four or these six so among those battles i have to finally pick someone so right. that's how i yeah. landed on andy we're getting to the bottom five which are all going to be battles. So eventually it's going to be like, okay, every single one of these people are going to be in battles. Um, on that note, before we enter into our top five battles, these are the lowest confidence points we give. So it obviously means these are the top five battles to pay attention to in the U.S. Raw Nationals. Let's pause and have a drink. Something else I want to give a storyline before we break into our top five battles to pay attention to the U S raw nationals. I was posting today, um, you know, some of the, I am with hashtag posts that I've been doing. And um, one of them that I posted up and I started thinking about as I'm posting it up 
is uh, Chrissy Max Power, who is actually the defending U.S. national champion for the 57 kilo class and uh, missed her opportunity to go to Worlds due to the pandemic and now got very badly injured on her knee. This is like the seventh you know, surgery she's had on her knee and very difficult, started hitting some weights, moving some weights, but she's not at max power. And um, going, going to <laughs> and going to the Nationals nonetheless. And um, I talked to her when I posted this. And I, it's got to be said, like, some people will show up when everything's going right. And for her, if you guys have been paying attention, to come back from a knee surgery like that, and it's a bad one. And she was starting from, if you guys are following her on Instagram, a cast and just bending over was a deal. Walking, walking on and putting leg pressure was a deal. To just doing like machines, to just doing a plate aside, like starting in the basement. And we're talking, you're three months out from the US Raw Nationals though. I was thinking like, but how? Like, how are you going to show up? In, 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 in your class, the 57 kilo class are killers. Okay, you're not walking in there where I show up, I'll probably win whatever. And um, she was like, essentially coming from the perspective, I am the defending champion. If you're going to, if there's going to be a new champion, you have to take it from me. In the fucking heart of a lion this kid has to have that perspective to be like, that's fine. Maybe I don't win. But it's not because I didn't show up. You're going to take it that. from me. I respect, I respect that. that a lot. When someone's like, I might not win, but you're going to take it from me. I'm the fucking champion. It's not what champions do. They don't show up when all the cards are in your favor. And I was like, God damn it, you got the heart of a lion. And she's like, I listen to the podcast. I like the I like the kind things you said. She's like, she also said, "Don't worry, I'll I'll get my shot back at the worlds." Because I remember I was saying, like, you know, that was the opportunity. She was national champion. Pandemic came, missed her opportunity for worlds. What if it doesn't come back? You're you're never guaranteed. It's US, it's the US, like it's murderers every year. And she was like, "Don't worry." Like she's that's some strong stuff, man. I was inspired. I told her like, "Fuck, Chrissy." Listen, man, I'm inspired. Like just you showing up like that. It doesn't matter if you win or lose when you watch someone do that. So anyone listening, when you watch these, you know, there's storylines like Worlds and US Raw Nats and all these competitions were like, wow, their, their totals went down. Well, you know, previously, you don't know what, what they showed up on the platform. Some people, the factor there is it's all inspiring. You're like fucking hats off to you. You know, you don't know what they're battling from and they could have like cowered it away, but it's just not how they're built. They're built differently. Um, so anyways, wanted to say that because that conversation had earlier and I was like, damn, sometimes it gets you in the feels, fellas. So um, let's talk about the top five battles. Rory, who is your five? Number five, I've got 52s, Andrea Riley. Um, I think that's going to be a great battle. I, I would like to see Andrea win that, um, and, but I think it's going to be close. Like uh, Like you said before, there's... There's, there's a lineup of shooters in that class. There's probably, what, four or five people who could like seriously be in contention depending on how the day goes. Um, so I think that's going to be a great battle. Yeah, the shooters in the 52s, man, um, to say the least. Uh, what are you thinking, Arian? Oh, you're going to like this one. My number five is Jesus Oliveris. My man. Okay, so talk to me. 
um, you obviously see a major threat. It's Ray, it's Derek, it's it's what? What is it? I, I mean, it's all kinds of factors that you can say. And if I mean, if you want to generalize it, if it's powerlifting or UFC, the, the heavyweights are variable. You never know. You pick someone, you never know what's going to happen. And so with the heavyweights, you never know how depth is going to be called. You, you don't know, yeah, how Derek is doing. You don't know if, yeah, what Ray's training number is like. And so while I think Jesus is going to win, and it's possible that it could be a big difference. It's still that variability of those heavyweights that you never know. So I was like, okay, let me go a little bit safer for him. I'll just take five. I do see um, Jesus is like, the reason why I had him at 13, which is very high, um, when there's only 16 points, that's really high, is I see him as a, a threat all around. Squat, he's got a massive squat. He's got a fucking big bench, and he's got a killer dead. Like I see him, he's, some people are like Jen Millikins and, you know, they're, they're three lifters and some people rely on a big bench. Some people rely on a big dead, et cetera. Um, that's why I had him a little higher up where I think he could fumble in one place and he's okay, but you're right. Look, he's going against Ray Williams for God's sake. Um, and Derek's moving up the rankings and definitely a threat. We've, we covered that in the last one. Um, so, all right. Sounds good. Wild Bill, what do you got? This is number five. I got Daniel Clements, 66 kilos. And um, yeah, and there's the shooters in there. We got hitters yeah, in there. <laughs> My number five. You guys ready for it? Taylor Atwood. You guys surprised at all? Any surprises? Yeah, I mean, Rory has him at nine. I have him at 10. Bill has him at 11. And you dissed him at number five. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's your, here's, I have him at five. And um, I know I also picked him for best lifter. Again, it's because if you win, you're going right to the top. But that if means, I mean, it's so tight. Even if you lose, I could probably put you in the top three best lifters. That's how tight it is. Okay. So that's why, even though I have him for best lifters, confidence rating is at a five because I think he's with killers, man. And it's not just Perkins. It's Michael C. Um, you know, you got some like Eric Lapointe, Cho. We've already did a, a major in-depth analysis. Of these. I don't got to have to go through everybody in the lineup, but the shooters in the 74s, um, I, I do think Taylor is, you know, he's a big meat guy. He'll He'll do what he's got to do and he'll get the win. But holy fudge, 12 kilo? When you're in the 800s, 12 kilo is nothing. That's one missed lift and you're right neck and neck. So, um, and and obviously uh, Perkins has shifted big weights and might've covered the ground on that. So anyways, that's why he's my number five. We'll move on to the foe. Rory, who you got? Number four, I've got Jesus Olivares. Um, I haven't been following a ton of his training, uh, but I, I think he's looking good, but I think discounting Ray is like, would be a massive mistake like that. Ray Williams is, is, is a threat and is going to be a threat for a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think Hazel's just going to win, but, but again, I wouldn't be gambling on it if we were, uh, putting money on this, hence the, hence the low confidence. Arian. You're shaking your head. Obviously, you guys are real yeah. close with your confidence uh, ratings there. I'll just, I'll just say there's some interesting disparity there where Rory picked him for four, I picked him for five, and then Bill went 10 and you went 13. So yeah. 
Uh, some of us are scared of that weight class and you guys are confident for my number four though. I went with Shahid Bryant just because like you said, the 59s don't get love. I haven't really been following the weight class, like following lifters training and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't know too much about him. And I don't know how well he's going to do though. His numbers are looking good. So I think he's going to win. I just put him at four. And like you said, that bench is huge. I mean, his bench, maybe like, you know, top five or top three in the weight class above him. So yeah. he may, he may need some more respect than he deserves, but for now I just put him in four. He, my man. And, and like, I see all his lifts because he not only takes King lifts, he takes my personal account. And there's a, <laughs> there's a couple of jab turkeys who go like, man, let me cut, let me, let me cut right through and take his personal account. So I know he sees it and it works because I, it King of lifts, you get lost in the sea sometimes. And um, boom. So I'm very familiar with my man. Uh-oh. Everyone's uh, going to tag your personal one now. Nah, well, I, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I just was I just tagged say, you in another video just now. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, who you got, Bill? Uh, Brittany Slipplicky on this one. Number four. And that's the account on. She's in a, she's in a pretty tight race as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty tight down there um, between her and Scanlon. And honestly, <laughs> the longer this keeps going, like she she was higher for me last week or two weeks ago when we did the women's picks. Um, but now she's definitely, I'm getting a little more scared. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> on I this mean, one. It's funny. No, but I mean, Megan Scanlon's like, I mean, again, like when, when I saw she signed up for nationals two months ago, I was like, oh, cool. Megan's doing nationals. That's good for her. And then I'm like, Okay, wait, she's seriously doing that. 57. <laughs> holy shit. Like it kept getting better and better and better. So, like, you know, I, yeah, I, I it's almost like I hope I'm wrong on this one. And like the story with Megan is just ridiculous having the twins. So, but this is, I mean, again, this sh- ships up to be a good, really, really good battle for sure. It's, um, yeah, it, it, I know exactly what you mean. Like a couple of weeks ago, it's, it feels because Megan is coming back from having twins completely changed her body and then had to add strength. So it, it was not like, can she do it? She can do it. It's just a matter of time. She doesn't have a lot of time. And as we get closer to nationals, holy sugar, the she's shifting more and more weights where it's like, Oh my God, what are we talking about here? She's actually like, she's shifting enough away to where it's the discussion needs to be rehad almost. It's like, Holy smokes. As closer we get now, we're getting down to the finish line. So you got to hand in your papers, ready or not put your test, put your pens down and hand your papers in. So we'll see if it was enough. Um, we'll see next year's national is going to be holy smokes. The rematch will be amazing because you'll see hundred percent Megan. Uh, but she, it might be enough right now. The way it looks, I still had, uh, you know, I picked Brittany and I'm going to stand by it, but I know what you mean. Where as, as the weeks go by, it's going to be tighter and tighter. Rory, have you gone for this one yet? For four? Okay. We're all good. My number four, sorry. Uh, yeah, my number four is I'm going to take Ashton Ruska. Ruska. Um, he, he's good, and he's, he's on the right day, absolutely phenomenal. On, on a bad day, I mean, he's going against – the problem is there's some people in this U.S. Raw Nationals, on a bad day, they're still going to win because they're not going against the same opposition. He's going against a guy like Bryce Lewis, who is a world champion – a world silver medalist and a several times over us national champion and been doing this for like, he's an OG. You can't fuck up. You can't have an off day though. They call him Mr. Consistency for a reason, you know? And um, so 
even though I have a lot of confidence in Ashton, he's still going to check in on the lower half, on the bottom end of the lower half at number four, because I mean, his opposition's tight and, um, and he's, he's had some on off performances. I think that's fair to say. Uh, so there it is. That's why he comes in on my number four. Let's move into the number three. Start this off with Rory. What's your number three battle? At number three, I also have the 105 kilo men, uh, but I'm picking Bryce Lewis. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to be a great battle regardless. Um, yeah. Hence it being number three, right? Like that, that means I think it's going to be a big fight. Um, but I, I, Bryce's trainings look really good. I rate the sort of mental preparation that he seems to bring to this sort of thing. Um, and I, and I think that that is going to be, that gets more valuable, the higher level, the meat that you go to. And uh, I'm, I'm not, not looking at his numbers at the moment, but from memory, um, Ashton Ruska has put it together less well when the pressure has been on. Um, and I, and, and Bryce tends to put it together better when the pressure is on, right. Or at least, at least recently he has, um, though, though, if you look far enough back, that's, that's not necessarily true. Um, and so I think the combination of Bryce having good mental game, uh, coach, Dr. Eric Helms, uh, knowing what the hell's going on. Um, and then meet the handler. I think it's going to be Matt Gary, um, and Matt Gary knows what the hell's going on as well. And I think that that is like the triple threat right there. Right. And so, I think Bryce is going to win it. I think it's, like, it's, a, it's a real tight class and I think Bryce is going to win it. Um, but, but it's a real tight class. So, and, and It's true. Uh, previously, Bryce talked about it. He's been on the podcast before a couple of times and he said, um, yeah, he had straight up breakdown sometimes in the back. And that's where he proves that some people like you can't get mentally tough or, you know, uh, that's one thing you can't get better at. Yes, you can. You wonder, but you see it in sports across the board where some people before where they would break, Jen Milliken was on the podcast, talked about it too, where sometimes when it got tough, you want to pull out. And sometimes like you, some, you, there are some athletes that turn a corner and start leveling up and start believing and start buying in late though. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm not breaking again. I've done that before though. I know what it feels like to go back home and be like, fuck, to look at your supporters and be like, damn. And I'm not going to do that anymore. And some people are like, once you break once, you're always going to break, comes a habit. And you see those memes. Michael Jordan, I think, said that. Once you quit once, you're always going to quit, comes a habit. Not, that isn't it, though. And that's why I like the Bryce story, where he he said, like, I turned a corner, and now the guy's a big game hunter, and he's, he's you know, become a world champion if you're not. Um, Bill, what you got, my man? That was number four, right? Uh, three. No, three, sorry. Yeah, I have Bryce Lewis also for that one. Um yeah, you know, same reasons Rory said for the most part. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, what we were talking about, like coaches and handlers at the meet, we got four or five weight classes in some of these in the same session, or I guess four, four weight classes in the same session here. So when you have someone who's handling multiple weight classes on multiple platforms and mm. multiple, like, where's the priority going to be for some of these? Like so-and-so is pulling for the win over here, but so-and-so might be pulling for the win. You know, like, yeah. so when we're talking about the mental prep for this and like, if you're expecting to have your coach there with you the whole time, because that's normally what happens, there might be bouncing back and forth. And like, so that could throw some people off here too, which I, I didn't think about that before. Um, that's well said. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's just a, a complete side point to this, but yeah. So I have Bryce at three here. I think he beats Ashton, um, but you know, it's going to come down to Ashton pulling last, I believe. So we'll see what happens. 
And in terms of what Rory said, Matt Gary isn't going to get – he's going to be hyper-focused on his guy. If yeah, but he also has, yeah, but he has Ray and Dennis on the same session. Yeah, well, well in this session with, uh, with Bryce, yeah, though, yeah, the, yeah, okay. 93, 105, 120, 120 plus are all in the same mm. session. It'd be, one, it'd be very interesting to see how this rolls out. Yeah. So like that, I mean, Joey's going to have a bunch of guys back and forth in different spots. And like, you know, I know Arian's going to help me out with some of my guys. So he'll be bouncing back and forth, you know, with that. And like, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who can, I guess, have, you know, a side handler there with him. That's going to be like, you know, can you carry my water? Can you carry my, you know, like, and can you pay attention like, to, yeah. What about, yeah, you're, what about Taylor? Do we know about that situation, Arian? Your, your strength guy, is that privy? Can he, we say this? In, yeah. He's in the other session, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be Matt Cup, uh, handling Taylor. Cause I'm handling Jonathan and we have John Downing handling Morgan. So Matt, we have a, Matt Gary. Oh, Matt Gary's handling Taylor. I would. Yeah. But, hey, yeah. Matt. Yeah, because for that session, you know, he doesn't have as many people. So, like, you know, he can focus on Taylor. But what Bill is saying is for the 93s is up, he's going to have to watch multiple people. You assume for the best and you want to prioritize attempts, but what if the timing of the two platforms work out where, yeah, you know, like Bryce is going for Bryce is going for a second attempt squat here and Ray's going for a second attempt squat there. You have to try and watch both and then try and figure out what both their third attempts are in that 60 seconds. Not only that, you have to watch the competitors. You have to see, like – did that guy struggle like holy hell on his second? So you got an idea of what his third's going to be, and you're like, nah, that, that he doesn't have that. Or so, you know, you got to pay attention when you're hyper focused on just that one flight happening in front of you. You know, if someone's like, fuck, he's struggling, we got this. Like, there, there's a reason why you're paying attention. But if you're not, if you're just like, okay, I seen your lift, I seen this other guy's lift on the other platform, it is tougher, man. Uh, but. Who, is he bringing Susie with him? Is he, cause she's obviously been at world champions um, handling as well. Like they, I'm, this is not his first rodeo. I'm sure he's, he's thinking about all this. Like he's Uber into the game, but um, I didn't know he's handling Taylor as well. Uh, that's that bodes very well for Taylor. Like if you're in a firefight and you need the best handling possible, you want to outsource it. And actually it makes sense. Though, cause I know Matt's friends with uh, the strength guys as well. And, and uh, Jason. Too expensive. It's too expensive for Canadians to come to America right now. Uh, well, we just straight up can't. I don't think. Um, I, I don't know. We're, I know where I am. I can, we can't. Eat, we can't. All right, I don't want to make it all about lockdowns. People had enough, but we can't go to the gym. We can't go to restaurants. We can't do anything. Anyways, let's not do this. <laughs> this is probably a good time to uh, make a shout out to all of the um, the Reddit powerlifters who think that you don't need a handler at all. Um, so uh, shout out to you guys if you're listening. Who, who, wait, wait a second. You know, that's a big thing, right? Like, you know, there's a whole bunch of people who don't think you need a handler at all at meets. Um, and depending on the level of the meet, that may or may not be true. But uh, at this meet, having a good handler there is uh, is going to make a big difference. I, I mean, people I actually think that? Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Well, that's because most of them aren't at big meets. And that's not an, I don't, like, I don't mean that insulting. I mean, statistically speaking, most yeah. people, period, aren't going to make it to big meets. So, yeah, if you're at a local meet, how hard is it just to, you could get a friend to help you load plates, go nine for nine. You're going to be hand your own cards. And I've done that a few times at, uh, at yeah. like local three lifts that, that sure. I don't care too much about. I need a total, whatever to go to national. So I'll, I'll just do it myself. But, but yeah. the sport itself in terms of viewership as fans watching, isn't about local meets. It's about us raw Nats worlds, Europeans, etc. <laughs> Handling is huge. Man, you the stronger person doesn't always win. 
Um, and if they don't know that, then they're probably not real powerlifting fans. There it is. I think only people who are bad at powerlifting think that, but uh, that might be yeah. a conversation for another day. Yeah, all right. We diverged, we divulged enough. All right. Um, we're still on three. Is everyone giving their number three pick? I haven't yet. My number three is Jonathan Garcia, 66s. What are you saying? What happened to my filter? Oh. Move, mind. Move on. Move on. Rory, forget we're in a fucking podcast and not a group chat. And wants two different conversations while we're filming a podcast live. God bless him. Anyways. He's also typing it so you don't read it out loud. <laughs> no, I know, but it doesn't, it wasn't like it wasn't something like um I just shit my pants. Or <laughs> you know, something that you don't want said. It was like you should definitely you, say that. <laughs> I could use a soundbite, but it wasn't something embarrassing or anything that, like, oh my god, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> but anyways, all right, my man. Sorry, you said Arian. Yeah, way to ruin my pick. My number three is Jonathan Garcia, 66s. Okay. My own lifters. Yeah, yeah, of course. And 66 is obviously it's a hell of a battle. So and we don't have the deadlifts, like you know, I'm, I'm watching these guys like. Rodrigo like paused that lift more than our max. So like, you know, it's kind of out of our hands at that point, but obviously I'm still confident in the numbers we can hit, especially on squat and bench press, how training is going, everything like that. So I didn't put him at one, but I obviously put him low enough. I put him at three. Look at your boy strong as shit. He definitely has a, a stake in this. And this is not like he, the 66 is definitely a bunch of killers, but um, yeah, he could definitely win this. The hardest part is going to be it. I know when you're watching it, it's so nerve wracking when you have a lead. I think uh, Bill was talking about this with LS and it's the worlds and you get in the highest possible dead. And then you just got to sit back and watch as everyone tries to take your gold away from you. And it's nerve wracking as shit. And you're like, relax, we're good. Uh, because if you get forced too high on your last dead and miss, well, now it's totally off, but you're going first. So you're just kind of guessing you're like, let's go heavy but not too heavy. It's a, it's a tough one, man. It, and then let's it, watch everyone else go after that. And we're just constantly well, watching. People once you're done, once you're done though, it's good. Like, cause you're stressed at that point. It's just like on the sideline, just watching like stressed out, but you're not the person who's on the platform having to right. pull for the win. Now, now the stress is on them. So for example, I had a lifter at high school nationals where that happened. So we pulled what we needed to on our third deadlift. And there was a few lifters after her with bigger deadlifts. So we just waited. They all missed. We won the national title. So the stress is on them to go pull something that maybe they've never done before. Or they're worried about. And in the case of at least for, you know, before Jonathan versus Daniel at the Arnold, we did beat Daniel Clements by four kilos. So at least we have the experience of like, you know, beat him head to head without having the deadlift. No, your boy can win. There's no, absolutely no question about that. I mean, you've, he's been through this before. Um, you know, he's got a massive subtotal and he's got a workable dead where he's, yeah, this is, this is definitely uh, something you can pull out the fire for sure. Um, and we all gave our number threes. We're ready to move on to two. Number yep. two. Did, uh, did you give your three? Did I give, oh, I know. Actually, I did not. I, this is where I'm going to take Andy Riley. Um, in a battle, the 52s, obviously we've already been through it, but, uh, I think she's going to win, but she's definitely got some stern opposition, including a former world champion going in there and some heavy veterans. So if, if she drops the ball, even a little, she's going to pay heavy. Um, so I still pick her to win, but when you got veterans like that in the game, you better not drop the ball. And you got like, you know, people handling 
Uh, Joey's going to be there. Chad Wesley Smith for Inda. So yeah, she's got to be in her game. I got her winning, but it'll be tight. Number two. Let's hear it, Rory. Take the filter off. Let, let the, let, just let it fly, bud. I am finally taking uh, Shahid Bryant. Um, and this is mostly a pick out of ignorance for me. I don't, I don't know a lot about the 59 kilo class. Um, like Shahid looks good um, and, and it looks like he's going to win, but I just, I just don't know enough about these people to say that with any confidence. Um, so I'm, I'm putting him right at the bottom for that, for that reason. Fair enough. See, that's, this is where we're, um, I mean, half of it's because my man tags me in all his posts. So I'm, <laughs> well, I'm well prepared for this one, but uh, so that's why I got him at a 10. You got him at a two. We have a couple different shakeups there where like, if we're talking fantasy league, everything changes, but um, yeah. What are you thinking there, Aaron? For my two, I got to go with Ashton because I went back and forth on that. First, I was thinking Bryce, and then I went Ashton. Then, you know, he tore his hand of the meat. But then now recently, he's putting up, like, you know, a monster weekly total up in the gym again. Yeah. So I, I I had him as a two a couple weeks ago when I first did my one through 16. And I said, let me just stick with it because I'm picking Ashton, who has the higher qualifying total, but – you know, it's happened before where, you know, he has underperformed nationals. So I just stuck with my two for now. Bill, what do you think? Got Marisa Inda on this one, number two. And um, that's, what do you think in there? You think the, the Wiley veteran pulls it off, but obviously she's facing stiff opposition from Riley. Yeah, she's got a good, good opposition. And then obviously, I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, you know, well-documented is her depth on squat. So, I mean, that, I think that's a very, very, you know, dangerous thing for her. You know, if she does not go three for three on squats could be, you know, end up being a long day. But then she's also gone one for three on squats and won a world championship before. Right. So yeah. you really never know. But, um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a, a pretty tight contested battle. Um, I believe isn't Max's um, Andy's coach. Did we figure that uh, yeah, out? Yeah, this is Juggernaut versus Juggernaut. Yeah, You're right. Juggernaut versus Juggernaut. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a pretty interesting in-house battle there. No shit. Um, <laughs> it's going to be an um, interesting dinner and drinks afterwards. Everyone's here, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I just, I, I mean, I like Marissa to win. I think she will win, but um, I do think it'll be quite close. Fair enough. Uh, and now we're on to, that was our number threes, number two. That was number two. Oh, sorry. Number two. We're on number one. Oh, did shit. You, did you give your number two? You didn't Ryan? pick number two, Ryan. I keep trying to sneak out of this, don't I? <laughs> oh, okay. This is where I have Brittany. Super uh -huh. Um I, I'm like Bill, where I, she was always going to be in a fight. Like 57s is tough. But I was more confident a few weeks ago. And as we get closer, Megan seems to be really building steam. Still going to pick Brittany because she's, she's uber talented, but um, I, I didn't think Meg would be at a hundred percent. I'm still don't know if she's going to be a hundred percent, but Meg's hundred percent is phenomenal. Um, so we'll see. I think Brittany's in quite the dog fight. So I'm going to leave it as a number two. She's still my pick obviously, but it's going to be, it's going to be a close one gentlemen. And this now is we're moving on to the number one. So this is the lowest possible confidence points we could give a champion we think we're going to crown, meaning we think they're probably going to be in the biggest battle or at the very least have the biggest threats around them. Who wants to go first of you guys? I think Thank three of us have that. the same pick. Three of us have the same weight class here, I, I believe. I think we do. 
Because <laughs> we haven't said his name. We haven't seen think, his name, but we're the same I, weight class. I don't think he does uh, let Rory go first. Okay. At 66 kilograms, yeah. I have oh, Daniel Clements. Um, sorry, sorry, Aaron. I'm going to bet against you here. Um, like I, Well, if Aaron was lifting, we'd go for him. But, you know, it's, yeah, since it's Jonathan doing the work. <laughs> yeah, it's, what, a 622 would put you quite high in this class. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Aaron's a good coach. Jonathan Garcia is a strong man. Rodrigo Manzo, strong man. Morgan Garcia, strong man. Right, like, this is like uh evan glasgold uh uh charlie charlie yang like this this whole class is going to be a massive fight and and i have no idea how it's going to turn out um like potentially some of these people are not going to make weight right like 66 kilograms this is a class where not making weight is a thing that happens i'm not going to say a lot but like you know comparatively a lot um you know compared to say that one of fives or the 120s or something um and so like i have i have very little confidence in, in like any individual one of these people um and I think we'll talk, probably talk about it in another podcast in more detail. But looking at the at the pie graph of the way that people have voted on this, also, um, like I can I can see that it looks like everyone else who is who is joining in is quite fragmented on it as well. Um, so I'm putting this right at the bottom with number one. Um, yeah, I concur. You have uh, like Charlie's coming up from 59, so you would assume he's going to make C6 comfortably. But you're right in terms of the weight classes. It's it's a load of body weight. It's going to be tough, but you have, it's a killer that they're all very close. And um, I mean, Clements, who's got the biggest nomination has not made weight. He's already missed weight before. I mean, it's, it, you hate to, you know, keep bringing up missing weight. And that's not what people are looking forward to. You want to see the battle on the platform, but it might be a factor or you make weight, but you're not the same. You make weight fine, but you're not the same as we're used to seeing you would. And you're heavier or your training numbers. You're like, well, what happened there? Your training numbers were all bigger than that. This is why performances don't always lead onto the platform the same. Um, so, yeah, I could see where you'd be a little shaky on that one. Good pick. And uh, just talent-wise. Talent-wise, that is one of the most competitive weight classes. Even take out all of the weight factors we just talked about in terms of talent. There is a hell of a lot of talent in the six six kilo class, um, and everybody's peaking very well. Nobody's having, nobody's coming off of injury, nobody, any of that. Every all the storylines coming in, so I feel a one. We're gonna battle. That's rare too. <laughs> so to have one through six that thick of talent and everybody's peaking, that's <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, who you got, Bill? Yeah, Sean Noriega at number one here. My man. So this is more of just a strategic move on my part, whereas I know all the rest of you guys picked Russ. So if Russ ends up winning, I'll only lose one point, even though I, I'm you know pretty confident in Sean winning. Um, so you guys will have a bunch of negative points. But this is more of a not necessarily lack of confidence in Sean, but more of a game games playmanship here. And he is in a battle. Like, look, he's got to be the underdog. You would think? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in it's your I mean, yeah, to you, he is. Well, <laughs> historically speaking, he is the underdog. So it makes sense. <laughs> if, you, if, if you got an underdog, you would be like, all right, I, I think he's going to win, but it'll, it won't be, you know. I think Ryan's playing some interesting. Go Sorry, ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Ryan. I'll just say, I think Ryan's playing some strategy with you too, Bill. How so? <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what's your one? 
Let me get to him in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rory. I was going to say that it is interesting that uh, when I last checked the uh, like the community results, um, there was about 100, 100 respondents, and it was almost perfectly 50-50 between uh, Ooh, Sean and Russell. Shit. Now now that we're at close to 250 results, and I can see actually a couple more have, have rolled in just while we've been recording this. Um, <laughs> it's way closer to two-thirds for Russ and one-third for, for Noriega with like a, a small number for a couple of other people as well. Um, so I think it's interesting that the people who are voting later are actually um, cha- uh, are like swinging that quite significantly. It's int- uh, It'll be because... Um, like Russ just posted up a massive dead. Sean's entering into a, you know, little more tapered down. Like these things matter though. Like I know it's, it is what it is. Like it's kind of like Meg Scanlon scaring the shit out of me and Bill. It, it rattles you. If you haven't put your picks in or you double back and change your pick, you're like, holy shit, I didn't see that deadlift. Like it'll rattle you, man. So it is kind of cool to see that you see live we were it's it's it sounds like a fucking presidential election where it's like you know what i mean this is what we're gonna do we're gonna do like the joe rogan podcast where it's like we're going through all right well here in this state a lot of people are rust but over here we have (laughs) but um who you got arian so yeah here's where it goes a little bit different as well and uh maybe you guys get points on me maybe you don't but i went with my number one as danny Mello. And tell us why, sir. Obviously, the reason why is just the making the weight because that's something that's over before it even begins. Yeah. Is like you know you don't you don't make weight, you're out. It doesn't really matter at that point how what a battle is on deadlift or you know who your coach is and this and that. So it, it's just the the variable of making weight. I, I have no idea. She's not posting any of her her body weight. She's never made seventy six as a new weight class. Who knows? So I said, I, it, it's all or nothing. I think, you know, she makes weight, she wins, she misses weight, it's over. Um, I, I didn't change my picks from a couple weeks ago when I first did this, but now that they also put out the flights, I think maybe the gap closes a little bit because, like I said, they have the 76s on one platform, one flight, and then they have the 84s and 84 plus on the other platform, two flights, which means I think that 76s will be like some of the lighter sessions at Worlds where it'll finish in less than three hours. So now not only do you have to make weight, now you have to like, you know, rehydrate fast and try and like, you know, maintain your strength for bench and deadlift. Whereas you might have someone like, you know, like Jasmine Penn, she might be eating during weigh-ins in front of yeah. everyone. Cause like, she doesn't have to cut weight. Everyone else is like, that is a fucking stuff. power move. Yeah, exactly. Fucking power boss move. <laughs> so she, she might be like, you know, like, yeah, eating breakfast in front of everyone. And like, yeah, Danny's like dying to make weight. And then who knows like how, how much she'll be recovered by bench press and like, you know, picking smart attempts like that. So that they can, you know, get two or three benches in. So I think the gap closes, but I think the biggest factor still is like, I need to see it to believe it. She makes the weight. I think she wins. She doesn't, then it's out. So I put her at one. Will Nori be handling Mello? Do we know, do we know who'll be handling Danielle Mello yet? They didn't, they they didn't list the coaches, but Sean is, you know, Thursday first session. And then Danny is Friday first session. So he'll be done at that point. Um, it, It does. It's a little interesting. Like, okay, sure. If she makes weight, she, I don't think it is. She makes weight. She wins. Like I can't stress enough. Cause I've, so I've weight cut the entire time. There's very little times in like the 10 years of powerlifting where I wasn't cutting. And there are times where if you have a bad cut, you did everything you had to, to make weight. And I've like in the tub for three hours, four o'clock in the morning, like shit went wrong. Cause it was a flight the whole nine. 
And I, I will do everything I got to do to make weight. I've never not made weight. I made weight. And then I lifted. And the lifting, you, it can drop your fucking total massively. And you're trying to rehydrate in time, but if things go wrong, it can be, it's, it's, you don't just bounce back. It's not a for sure thing. It can impact. And it's not like Mello, her 84 kilo total, yeah, would, would absolutely be a really sure thing. But her 76 total, just if the if the weight cut goes beautifully, she is a smaller human being, her total should go down. If the weight cut is not beautiful, which when you first start cutting to a new weight class, it generally speaking is not, it could be enough that, and you got some killers in there. She, she's got some shooters. So but it's still good. It's still good for me. Cause like, you know, if she misses weight or she doesn't have the, a good cut and, you know, Jasmine or Dana come and beat her. I only have one point. Whereas you and Rory have six and bill has eight. Yeah, I know. I know it is what it is. <laughs> so who, who do you have as your one? Rory, what were you going to say before I say, were you going to ask that? Oh, I'm just saying that uh, when when she inevitably wins, you also only get one point, uh, whereas I get uh, what did I say? Six, five, six. Um, so yeah, I mean, take for, that as you for, will, Arian. Yeah, for every negative thing, there's also a positive thing. Like you know, she lives in Florida. It's like a four hour drive. Like, and her training has been looking good. And like you know, she can just like you know drive up days in advance, make the weight already too used to weather, already used to the time zone, and lift. So yeah. Who knows? Fair enough. All right. My number one, even though he's my boy, I got to put my man Russ as my number, as my one confidence point. Let me say why though. I honestly think he's in a firefight, not only with um, Sean, but um, Angelo has been pumped. Did you guys see his squat? His last most recent squat. What was, was it? it, it we're, we're, we're getting crazy here. I think it was like 640 range. Um, I'd have to pull it up here. I think it was 292 in kilograms. And what is that in terms of freedom units? I have 292, 644 PR. Ridiculous. Like, what are we? And we're talking about his dead previously was 745.5, I believe, Uh, or 345.5, which is 760 pounds. Like, it's insane. What he's what he's shifting right now, um, I I mean I I don't he's look at before it was like is he is he battling for bronze now that he's squatting into the mid six hundreds. What are we talking here though? If you if you mess up, he's definitely pulling last. If you drop if you drop the ball, he's swapping medals with you. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think it's, I think it is. Brittany Yu is going to pull for the record and not for the placing. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. All right. But listen, I still think it's <laughs> Russ, Sean, Angelo. But Angelo's steam right now coming into these U.S. Raw Nationals is hot, man. He's, he's, he's got a lot of momentum. Um, and the fact that he pulls last, he will have to make a tough decision. It depends on if he's like when you have a deadlift like he's got and he's as strong as he is right now. And, and that, look at that 345.5 kilo, 760 pounds. That's previously. He's way stronger now, judging off of his squat and all those numbers. 
So God knows what his deadlifts at. Like uh, sky is the limit. He's going to have his toughest decision is going to be what color of metal am I pulling for? I think at the end, if he really wants to get crazy, he might be like, is it nuts that he's already in the 800 kilo total, by the way. Is it that crazy that I pull for sw- silver and swap a metal? What if Sean misses a couple lifts or someone misses a couple lifts? Not inconceivable. Not inconceivable that Sean doesn't hit 825 or maybe he does hit 825, but Angelo's already hit it. He's at an 825 range himself now. He might be thinking, maybe I swap my bronze for your silver, sir. And he's pulling last. He makes that decision. So it, let alone just Sean, who's, who's lifting phenomenally. This is what Russ is dealing with. So if Russ starts fucking up, you know, like if, if like last national was two years ago, it only happened once. I don't want to harp on squat issues, but you can't have a squat issue day. You can't have a messed up depth day like you've had previously. It happened once and he's heard it so many times reiterated to him. When something is beaten to death over you, you're like, I'm sinking these right it's 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 almost a good thing where it's like fine give it to me because i'm i'm more likely to not make the same mistake twice if i never hear the end of it um but if he does have an issue with squats which is squats a monster frick man these guys are killers that's why i'm giving them you know how i feel you know but uh i love russ but it's more an indication of he's in a tough fight i mean i'm I'm like watching this video like 10 times now. Depth looks good and it looks like a, like maybe a second attempt. Like he could have like, you know, 300 or 305 in him and his meat PR is 285. So, you know, he could just have 15 to 20 kilos on his total just from squats. Just from the squats. This is what I'm saying. I, I'm, listen to me. <laughs> it's a problem. Well, 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 what I'm also saying though is, you're assuming that there's like enough of a gap between Russ and Sean that Angel tries to pull for silver. What if it's a close enough gap and Angel says, screw it. I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to take my shot for gold. Why not? Well, he could put a, pl- it, this is the beautiful position he's in too with this massive deadlift. He puts that placeholder. He's pulling last regardless. So he puts in a placeholder and he wants to watch what everyone's doing. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself because Russ got a fucking big deadlift. He's Russ can take medals in all three events at worlds so some of these people might go you know wild though because like you know we didn't have nationals that last year we don't know what's happening at worlds this year maybe angel says i don't care if i get third or fourth place you know worlds isn't going to happen anyways i get my shot again next year so maybe he just you know puts on 355 or something and goes for the gold not only that when you're the underdog when you're like pegged for third right you it, it helps when sean and russ are battling and they're worried about each other. Sometimes you push each other so hard. You push me to miss a third. I push you to miss your third. We're pushing hard. You're staying in, and your your uh, angel is staying in the pocket, being like, "I'm all, I'm I'm happy to grab a medal, fellas. I haven't grabbed the medal yet. But I tell you what, I'm watching the battle unfold. You guys are pushing each other rather hard. I went six for six because I'm cruising to my bronze because I know I'm pulling last. I know that medal's mine if I want it. You guys keep missing lifts because you're pushing hard. I haven't though. So when deads roll up, he's like, fuck, guess what? One of you fellas are missing a medal. I'm going to decide which one it is when we get to the last pull. It might be gold. You know, it could be. Who knows? Like that's the nice opportunity you have when you walk in there like a bronze. These are, this is what helps Angelo. He's walking in there pegged as a bronze. So they're fighting it. Everyone's Sean Russ, Sean Russ, Sean Russ. He lets them push each other and he pulls last. 
So when the story's over, he can then decide, oh, you guys overextended each other. Thank you. And then he could decide this is it. Or, okay, you guys didn't overextend. Someone showed up. Someone actually hit all their lifts. I'll take my bronze. Thank you. Still great. You know, he's in a really good... This is a, this is a little bit where the priorities that we talked about come in, before, come in right? Like whoever's coming second out of... Uh, Russ and Sean coming out of like on, on subtotal or, or, you know, projected total after, after bench is finished or something like that. Um, like they, they now have to start making the decision. Like, am I pushing to take gold or am I defending my silver? Or is there a way that I can do both of those things at the same time? And sometimes there's not, and sometimes you have to pick one and sometimes there is and something, and, and that's great. Um, and so if there's a person coming from behind um, and, and like the person who is now in second place now has to decide, like, am I going all or nothing? Do I want, first or fourth or first or fifth even yeah yeah or am i going to lock in silver which actually gives the person who's in first place there potentially a big advantage because if, if that person then decides that actually silver is more important which which they may do um and and now angelo has to you know or whoever else is in third needs to needs to worry about bumping silver off as well if that person has started playing defensively and the person who's in first place can just do whatever they want but that all comes down to how those people decide to play it on the on the day which means like us like I know what I would do in that situation, but it's very hard to say like, oh yes, that person is going to have exactly the same values as me. And they're going to decide that the exact same thing is the most important to them on the day or, or whatever. The or case how they be. feel. Uh, I mean, or how they it, feel. it might be like you, as a handler, you're like, I think you should do this. And the person is like, I'm telling you, I'm at the end of my rope here. I think we've got to defend this silver. Cause I'm gonna get the bumped off the podium. Like you never know that that's a really good point. You just made though. When, when the classes are super competitive, more than just, number one, number two, when there's a number three, who's legit. Um, when you get down to the last dead, you have that quick conversation with like, my friend, you're about to get your medal swap for a bronze or bumped off the podium. Do you want to defend your silver? Or do you want to go for gold? And this is where your fellas online that don't know about handling because they only lift at local meets and they don't pay attention. Don't even realize like, this is where the games like where you, it's not even games. It's just literally reading the play. Be like, we're about to get bumped. We've seen it happen with um, Michael Davis took uh, obviously Ashton pulling for gold. Michael Davis, like, all right, I'm going to, I'm swapping my bronze for your silver. And that's exactly what happened. That's Ashton Rouska ended up with a bronze and Michael Davis swapped medals with him. This happens. You got to pay attention. Yeah, literally that meat, that, that's the best part about that, right? So like, you know, I'm handling Jake Amendola and we bump up over Mikey D for third place, right? And then Mikey, so if Mikey D misses his, then Jake would be in third, <laughs> not fourth. And then Mikey bumps over Ashton to go in the second place. Now Ashton's in third. Then Ashton tried to go over Bryce and it was like, yeah. So yeah. it was like all the chain reaction in those deadlifts right at the end. Like we're all bumping up a little bit over each other, trying to move up a place in the, in the spots. <laughs> I was going to say, though, uh, Bill, Bill's very quiet for these 83s because I think he's saying, like, there's there's not going to be any final pull for first. Bill thinks, you know, Nori's going for, like, you know, 300, 230, 330 in the bag. Well, yeah. if, thinking, if you're thinking, if you're Nori boy, you got to believe. That's how he – that's his path. That's his path then, to victory. Then, then Nori updates that Instagram bio, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think really the most important thing with the 83s is what is Ryan's confidence in Jamar squatting 700? Well, oh. one through well, 16. Let's go. Let me hear well, one through 16. Where is he? Where are you at? <laughs> Listen, did we already say what the bet was going to be? Yeah. You're giving it up for a year to Arian. One thing, year. one thing we didn't say, is it just the Instagram account or is it the podcast too? 
fuck. Well, he's already on there. Get, hold on. Get... Don't let him. Hold on. Don't let him dodge this first. One through sixteen. What's your confidence? Sixteen being the highest. Listen. At Raw Nationals. Okay. In, in two we're, weeks. We're listening. Yeah, Is the next thing out that. of your mouth a number? Can I just say something? You, you can deflect all you want. Go ahead. You guys are being bullies right now, and I don't fucking. I don't. I don't. I don't endorse social media bullying. Okay. Yep, we are being oh. bullies. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Would you like That's Would you like Bill one. to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to go first. I want to buy myself time. Look at I said, and I think it wasn't a year, Bill. You tacked on like eleven more months. I think I said a. I think I even said a week. Arian gets KOTL. Isn't I thought it was, a month. Month. it was a month. It's a month. It's a month. It's a month for sure. Fuck, that's a but long again, time. But you also you have until the end of the year for Jamar to squat seven hundred. So we said again, any meat. Yeah, you said okay. as long as it happens in 2021. But I'm asking you what your confidence is for Raw Nationals, you know, in, in 10 days, 12 days, whatever. What do you there think? Official. That's it. This is it. This Here we go. It. Here we go. No filters. Rory, no filter. Okay. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Jamar Royster. 16. Boom. Oh. And you know Boom. what? You know what? You know what? 16. Boom. Let me say something. Let me say something. Boom. Arian gets KOTL the next week after. Arian takes the keys. And I'll probably get fucking roasted and all the stories, and it's going to be a bunch of memes of whatever. But, uh, and all of You're going to give it to him after Raw Nationals if he doesn't. All of his clients are going to get highlighted like a motherfucker. Um, but, um, <laughs> If he doesn't, this is where my 16 comes in. Arian takes the keys, KOTL for a week. There it is. And then so and then Arian, I have the rest of the year for the other one. <laughs> nice. All right. So Arian's going to get it for a nice uh, month and a week this year. That's good. <laughs> well, we'll 16 is 16 is a bold call, Ryan. Are you yeah. I, like what on a percentage scale? Like what is what is a 16 a, to you? Is that a hundred percent chance that he squats it? Is that an eighty percent chance he squats it? Like what are we what are we talking about here? The thing's gotta be a hundred squat it. I've seen him squat it so many times. The only thing now is he's got to make weight and do it. So how heavy is he that he, and I mean, he squatted so much heavier that it's not even, he's got to make weight and do it. It's like when he makes weight and drops body weight, his squat can even drop. That's fine. He, he even has wiggle room this time from what I see. That's why I'm saying it. I'm uh, like, how many times can I watch a guy squat that much and more and still not hit? I, I was going to say, Rory, I, I don't think he can go zero or like one for a couple reasons. One. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching him do 332.5 for a double. So at least like, you know, if he, if you say he squats high in training, that weight has gotten stronger and stronger. So now can you sink that 700 at 317.5 or whatever to, to depth? The second thing is you've said before on one of these episodes, where you thought Russian got his third attempt squat that you thought it was high. So it's possible that referees make a mistake. That's a, that's or, a very good point. Or spars in the way and they don't see, and he gets away with the 700. I don't he, have to and, bank on that for God's sake. That's, <laughs> that's a really bad. I'm just saying, but, I'm just saying, right. I'm just saying Rory can't like, give it one. But like the, the getting out of the hole in a squat is by far the weakest range of motion. Right. And so if you are half squatting any amount of weight, like that doesn't really tell you what someone can squat to depth, right? Like, I mean, he's not, not half squatting. He doesn't have squat. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's pretty close. Like he's pretty close to depth. I know. But like, yeah, yeah. But like the, the last, the last two inches um, is like, that's, that's the hard bit. Right. And so you, you can squat 
two inches high for for a double at over 100 like yeah sure like some people some people can do that like that's no guarantee that he can do 318 kilograms to to actual usapl depth let me see something here what is his previous history of of uh squat attempts in don't look I was gonna say, I was gonna say, what's the the harder part is what if he does like you know three twelve or three fifteen on his second, then he goes like you know three twenty five on his third and misses. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna text him as quickly as possible. Direct message, <laughs> please, please, dude, don't do this to me. Uh, at, at least, at least in the lifting database, the last meet, or I guess we'll go off his best numbers. His best numbers are 2019 Row Nationals. He did 290 for his first, got it. 305 for his second, got it, and then missed 310 on his third. In the last one, two, three, four, five meets, he's missed his last squat four times. So Bill's gone with the odds. So he he more, like, pick it more <laughs> often than not, he misses his last squat. He's we, not we, a three for three squatter. That means you guys are gonna get a lot of Arian messy messy content a week after <laughs> nationals. If that continues, if he doesn't get his third, unless he goes for 700 on his second attempt, because <laughs> he doesn't hit his third very often. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, I mean, if I had to put a number on, I'll put a number four on, I'll say about 25%. Um, just based off, I mean, the strength is there. It's the weight cut and the, the meat history that I don't like. Um, you know, like you said, just misses third attempts and seems to get zapped because of the, you, see, you see his jumps, right? You know, 12 kilos into a two kilo or, you know, 15 kilos into a five kilo and miss kind of thing. So you can tell he's definitely gets zapped with, with the weight cut from that. So uh, just based off of that history, I would say about 25%. Because obviously the strength is there to do it in training. If he was a 93, absolutely 100% he hits it for sure. Yeah. But as an 83, um, hope, hope he does. It'd be great. It'd be great for the sport for sure. But I don't see it. I, my confidence dropped a little more after I just pulled up his open powerlifting. It's not 16 anymore. <laughs> I'm not giving him a 16 anymore. I'm still doing the side bet with Arian, but we're at. You, you, have, you have to DM him and be like, yo, do like, you know, 317.5 for your second. Bro, please. Bro, please. <laughs> Bro, please. Don't and no rounding, right? 317.5 is not 700 pounds, right? It has to be over 317.5. We discussed this on the last episode, whether we were going to give them 317.5 or 318. And I believe we said 317.5 is within the realm of no, calibration. I'm a 318 guy. I'm a 318 guy. I've always been. I got to stick to my roots here. I so, think he's good for it. Yeah, he could do like, you know, 300 or 305 opener, do 318 on the uh, second, and then maybe go for like, you know, 325 for the third. Or does he chip it, chip the record on the second? So he goes by like 314 or whatever. And right? then tries to go like 320. Yeah, well, then I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, then KOTL is going to get interesting this week. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we'll see. Gentlemen, uh, we're, it's freaking midnight. R- R- Rory, when's your meet again? Friday, 3 p.m. New Zealand time. Okay. Dude, I was about I had, this time in four days. I had some other things I was going to talk about, but I was like, oh, we'll probably, I could even save that content for um, when we reconvene right before we'll wrap up 
the fantasy league by talking about the overall consent. I like how our fantasy league is now also turned into a polling system to get the overall consensus of the powerlifting community on where we're at. And that would probably be our last uh, preview episode of the U S raw nationals. But um, you want to give them the deadline then Rory? What is the deadline? I think we are saying midnight Eastern time. The, like the morning of the first day of the meet. So the, the raw open starts on Thursday the 17th. So we'll okay, so we're it. saying we're saying 1200 Eastern time, Thursday 17. So they have basically till the very oh. end to drop it in. Billy said no. Good Bill. Yeah, well, he said 1200. So yeah, like, yeah, midnight. Midnight. Yeah, midnight. Yeah. Military yeah. terms. Yeah, when, internationally, yeah, when, internationally, well, because well, twelve hundred noon, zero, zero, zero. Sorry, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, so midnight the night before Raw National starts. That way, then, if there's any dropouts or anything like that, they can always change it right up to. Yeah, just if you want to change your results, just go ahead and put it through again, and I'll I'll run deduplication over it all anyway. Um, so so long as you're using. Uh, like same same Instagram handle, same same email address, that kind of stuff. I'll I'll easily filter that out. We'll just use your most recent one. Um, so if you're not sure about what you're doing, feel feel free to put multiple ones in, and we'll uh, we'll we'll filter it down to the uh, the the most recent one of of each person if there's duplications. Bill Bill's gonna submit like you know William McCarthy, Will McCarthy, Bill McCarthy, <laughs> and, and he's like, gonna he's like, look guys, I won again. <laughs> yeah, he's like it's like buying a shitload of lotto tickets. Get the lift plus one at gmail.com. Get the lift plus <laughs> to at gmail.com yeah. i'm white i'm wise to those tricks yeah. if i freaking win this thing i'm gonna be over the top you won't don't worry <laughs> i'm gonna be so freaking happy if i ryan would... you're not even gonna be in the top 50 <laughs> Dude, the problem is there's so many flipping people that i might not be now which is like what if none of us are what if we're the I... I mean, at least you're the host, but if the rest of us lose, I think you're going to replace us with the top three. <laughs> the week afterwards, there's like three people that like are totally just from the fantasy league. We're like, all right, well, well sorry, we Ryan have... won't be on here anyway. I'll just be Arian and those right. three guys. Arian, that's right. It'll be Arian has those three. He goes, well, as the new head of the KOTL, I think my first decision was uh, get rid of those bozos. Who, whoever, whoever scores the most points for my team, I'm going to bring them on the first week. Like, thank right. you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To their first guest back on but um yeah man i'm excited for it um this was whose idea was this i think bills yeah yeah, bills. yeah i've been doing this for a while with some friends me and arian have been doing this back and forth with different world championships um so yeah we've been doing this for like what five six years now whatever so yeah it's fun it's cool to see it on a big scale like this they have hundreds of people doing it when it used to be like two three four five six of us kind of thing. <laughs> oh, like it's one thing to be like you know, I've never lost in the champion, but it's like, fuck, if you don't lose this, this one's, <laughs> this is different, <laughs> right? With with one of our actual, like, you know, drafts built, wasn't it where you initially lost, but after the drug test, it's true, it yeah. changed the results and you won. <laughs> Who? Yeah, so one year, I, yeah, I got, um, got second place in one of the, in the competitions, and then there was a, a drug failure that came out. And then bump that guy out, bump my guy up point, I go, and boom, first I go, place. What, I go, what lifter was a drug failure? I go, no, 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 Arian failed the drug test. <laughs> <laughs> this is those USB APL drug tests coming up again. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going down this road. Right. <laughs> on that note. It's not that after dark yet. Come on. Yeah, this is, this is, that's the after after dark. Yeah, for sure. All right, fellas, listen. 
Thank you very much. We're we're now into tomorrow, for God's sake. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on. You guys want to say how people can get a hold of you for coaching if they if they want to reach out? Yeah, I get the lift on Instagram. Sure, why not? <laughs> Rory? Uh, at Rory Lynch on Instagram or sisyphusstrength.com. There it is. At Coach Arian K on Instagram. Fellas, been a blast. Until next time, we'll hop in DMs and we'll coordinate the dramatic conclusion. And uh, let's see how this thing shakes out. And um, well, I'm also going to see if uh, Logan Paul got his face punched in by Floyd Mayweather. Hopefully he did. All right, fellas. I think he won. Who? Paul. Shut up. I'm just kidding. I have no okay. Idea. Oh, my God. I almost <laughs> had a heart attack. Put Bill, that's all you want to do. All right. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. See you, fellas. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.